Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. Bright and late on a Tuesday night. Tuesday, It's, it's dark, evening time. Dark and gloomy on a mm. Tuesday night. It's definitely not during the day right now. It's night Good old time. Music City. Music City. When's the last time you went and saw music in Music City, Charlie? Actually, not that long ago. Really? I go downtown more now than I have in probably oh, the I last 15 years I that I've lived hanging here. out at a bar, getting toasty. Oh, you're talking about when I went band. to the Nickelback concert last week. Oh, well, that wasn't in Music City. I'm talking about when do you do music in Music City? Hmm. You, like, when did I play music in Music City, or when did I go listen you went to and music? Listen. Who, what was the last artist you went and saw? <sighs> Dave Chappelle. Music in Music oh. City. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about art. No, we're talking about music art right now. Like a band I actually went to go see a band. in Music City. Mm-hmm. Like I purchased tickets. Yes. And it was in Nashville. Keep thinking. I Did you and I go together? Was it Emory? No, I have no clue. I don't know. No. No, I, I don't honestly know. I honestly don't know. The I went and saw time. One Republic not that long ago. I think maybe that could have been it. With your real friends. Potentially. No, I just went with my wife. Oh. That was it. We went and saw Pan and, Pan and Tonics. The, what's the, is that? What they're called? The yeah, Pan and Tonics. Weird acapella, acapella thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was fine. Yeah, you know, I can't think of the last show I went to. Well, anyway, it's Music City, USA, and this is <laughs> Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie. That's what we call ourselves at night. During the day, we are called Good Morning Liberty. Since this is a nighttime show, right now it's called Liberty at Night, and it's on the Free Talk Live network we have we do lots of shows yeah a whole lot of different shows mm-hmm. if you want to listen to good morning liberty by the way while you're listening on the radio you can do it both at the same time you can listen on the radio in your car and you can open up the podcast app on your phone put your airpods in with your airpods Just one though mm-hmm. it's because you want to have the other ear open to listen to both. The radio yeah i got you yeah and you go to good morning liberty on your podcast app or if you're in a browser you can go this to is if you like this is if you like to party yeah two things at the same mm-hmm. time that's fine. Okay. Anyway, Free Talk Live Network, we want to thank them for having us on. By the way, uh, bad news for Free Talk Live, and that is that uh, that's that Ian Freeman, a pioneer uh, out there in the space, was sentenced to eight years in prison in this uh, cryptocurrency thing. Uh, first off, I will say we are covering a spot on Free Talk Live because of this very situation, because yes. this has been uh, in the works for a bit. And so Ian Freeman has free talk live with uh, Mark and a couple other, couple other folks out there that we haven't met. Um, but anyway, it seems to be a bunch of BS. I'm not, uh, I'm not happy about this. I am going to have someone from FTL come on and explain the case in detail for us. As I did say in my email to them earlier, I am not all studied up on this case at all. Plus, I don't trust the news in the first place. So I would actually want to know what's going on. But essentially, there ended up being a scam. And the scammers were getting... Let's just use the example that has been used a bunch in the articles. And then we'll talk about... What, whose responsibility it is in here. This ended up being the case that there were scammers and you get your little old ladies, helpless old ladies, 
out there. You could do like a romance scam, that kind of thing. And they would essentially go and buy Bitcoin from Ian Freeman, who was selling Bitcoin. Unlicensed selling these illicit Bitcoins, Mm. you know, that people could use as currency. Of course, the government doesn't like anyone competing with their currency because they like to be able to devalue their currency and control the entire world with their currency and their dollar. And so it's very threatening anytime any other currencies potentially come into play. And so he, they would buy the Bitcoin and then the Bitcoin would get transferred over to whoever the scammer was. Now, when we were asked to do this show on free talk live, my very first question was, did anyone have their liberties intentionally violated by Mr. Freeman. That was my question when I was told what was going on. I said, that's cool. We've always wanted to be on the radio. Always wanted to be on a syndicated show. You know, maybe my parents will finally be proud of me. Probably not. I've already had a number one XM radio hit, Charlie. Not enough. I've been top 40 like you. Okay. Not real top Mm -hmm. 40. But I, you know, one can play music. I had that. Now we can have our own syndicated spot. But I don't really want to be associated if this guy was actually out there willfully, knowingly scamming people and making money off of them getting money stolen from them. Okay. Now I was told, no, absolutely not. This is a complicated case. And as I've looked into this, I can tell you, no, absolutely not. Um, Ian Freeman was doing his due diligence when people would come and say, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. I want to send to this person. From what I can tell, they had like a questionnaire they had to fill out. He'd ask them all these questions to make sure that you're not getting scammed. You know, are you, is this, do you know the person you're sending it to? Whatever. It turned out that the people were like so in love with their romance scammer that they were willing to lie on all the questions that Freeman was asking them. Mm. So they could send the money to this person who would probably was broken down on the side of the road on their way to come see them. But they broke down and they needed a new uh, axle put on their truck. And then after you know. that, they needed an <clears throat> Apple gift card. Yes. Yeah. And so there. So there's one. Let's keep that I've in their had, back pocket for a second. because That's very important. I've had one of those said. relationships in my life. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of gift cards scammed yeah. out of you, you know, and, and you know, Apple's mm. not going to prison for me buying their gift cards. No, and neither are Best uh, Buy. Neither are bank tellers who facilitate these kinds of scams every single day. Mm-hmm. And that neither are the people who created the U.S. dollar who facilitate by way of being the creator of the dollar, the drug transactions or scams or anything that ever gets done with the U.S. dollar. Mass murders all around the globe, you know, it's not, it's not their fault. It's, it's always, in my opinion, it's the fault of the person who is like willfully taking liberties away from other people. Like that's whose fault it actually is in these cases. Uh, and sometimes it's even the responsibility on the person who's, uh, who's getting scammed. Like you, you shouldn't send hundreds of thousands of dollars to someone that you fell in love with on the internet and never met in person before. And I feel like maybe we should start training people. Listen, women, girls listening right now, maybe you're 30. I want you to spend the next 40 years 
can building the neuro pathways in your brain that says, I will not send millions of dollars to someone on the internet that I've never met before, no matter how much they tell me they love me. Oh, is this, is this the Tinder swindler? No. Have you seen that though? I have. I've heard about that. Yeah. This guy gets women to open up credit cards in his name and all kinds of stuff. I've heard, I've heard about that. I don't know what the oh, deets are. Man. Yeah, the women here, the women in the live group are saying, got it. Now, listen, this is the reason I'm saying that is when you get older, it's going to be harder for you to make those decisions. But I want that to be a, a built in part of your brain that mm-hmm. you know that you would never do. It's not like you turn 70 and you decide you're going to murder someone. Okay. Because you know that that's been wrong your entire life. So your whole life, but when, when you get to 70, you don't send hundreds of thousands or by the time Bailey gets there, you don't send millions with inflation, you know, to someone over the internet that you never met before. All right. It's a good rule of thumb. Now, the reason this is all happening, the real reason is because the government doesn't like cryptocurrency. They don't like people. They don't like having competition for their currency Mm -hmm. and they want to make some examples out of people. And that's really it. Maybe uh, Silk Road, you know, maybe Ross had something to do with that too. This is kind of another situation Although Freeman was sort of in the middle uh, of these transactions, even though you got to do your due, due diligence, uh, know your customer like as a bank, that kind of thing. And what what law did he violate? This is what I don't understand. He was doing unlicensed Bitcoin transactions. Unlicensed. So unlicensed. Computer data transfers. Yes. I mean. Unlicensed what computer that, data what transfers. That regulated under. Um let's see. Operating an unlicensed cryptocurrency business. Uh convicted past December after a two week trial. He was just sentenced yesterday. Um prosecutors presented evidence that his business allowed internet scammers to hide money built for members of the public. Now his business didn't allow internet scammers to hide money. The existence of Bitcoin and the way that cryptocurrency works allows you to hide money, you know, because that's how cryptocurrency kind of works. Just, just so you know. Um, in a news release Monday, the U.S. Attorney's Office said he charged exorbitant fees to exchange proceeds from the fraudsters, romance, and other scams into Bitcoin, allowing him to make more than a million dollars. Let's see. Uh, going through. Sorry. He was convicted just, on eight counts related to the cryptocurrency operation, although LaPlante acquitted him in August of a charge of money laundering. The other charges were operation of an unlicensed money transmitting business, conspiracy to operate an unlicensed money transmitting business, conspiracy to commit money laundering, and attempts to evade or defeat tax in the years 2016 through 2019. During those years, he concealed his income from the Internal Revenue Service, the U.S. Attorney's Office said in the news release. <sighs> Crimes against humanity. And so my my question when we were asked to do the show was, were there any victims of direct actions that Freeman, like did, did Freeman create any any victims and take away liberties from people? And the answer really is no. The, the answer is no. And it's not that the people who were romance scammed aren't victims of people who were it's clearly not, scamming them. Right. And it's okay? not his fault. He was giving people it's a not, way to access and it, they're the ones who were using it for wrong. Listen, I will tell you now a personal story. 
And if there's a problem with the personal story, I'll remove it later on. I'll ask about it later. My grandma, who passed away earlier this year, was romance. Sorry, sorry, I lost. <clears throat> yeah, was a romance scammed. She at, was out of all of her money, all of it. Um, she had a lot, and right, yeah, an amount. And she did not use Bitcoin to do this. She trans- gift cards. She transferred money from the bank sometimes. In deposits, she transferred, she sent cash, and she sent gift cards. And she was scammed out of um, a lot of money. I'll just leave the money out of it, the, the total, okay? So what, what, um, what Freeman was facilitating here happens regardless, and it still happens, and it's still happening right now. Uh, the people who sell gift cards are not going to get eight years in prison like Freeman is the bank tellers at the bank that were letting my grandma send money all around the world aren't going to get eight years in prison. And he is. And the reason he is, is because they're trying to clamp down on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. That's it because it threatens their power around the world. Um, tactical warlock in here. I like that comment. I'll have to say that. It said, just let me know when they get JP Morgan for financing Epstein's pedophile ring. Yeah. And now that's one thing, you know, JP Morgan is settling. Like, they're, they got this thing where, like, okay, maybe you guys knew and were facilitating Epstein's pedophile island this like, whole time. Raping kids. Like, you knew about it. And so there, there's this, I guess, lawsuit going on because they were facilitating this thing. And they settle it. They get to pay, like, however many millions. Are, what's the... What's the um, I want you to scroll down, don't. Okay. Don't. What's the, uh, the number? Does anyone remember the, the number on that? A few hundred million, They I just think. get to pay. If they were facilitating a pedophile ring, an actual one, all right, they get to get sued in court and just pay a settlement for it to just be dropped and be completely fine afterwards. Yeah. But this guy, so Ian said um, in his trial last winter, he said, I failed to detect and prevent a hundred percent of the scam scam victims. I take full responsibility for my failure. He said he added, uh, he added that he, asked a list of questions of customers to try and prevent scam victims from using his cryptocurrency service, but that the scam victims lied to him. The scammers are so pervasive, persuasive, they will get their victims to lie. He said, I was tricked by these scam victims. It was clear I was trying to catch and prevent scammers. At a hearing, September 11th, prosecutors brought Fourth, three victims who detailed how they'd lost thousands of dollars through romance scams in which someone pretended to be in love with them and in need of money. One woman said she sent $300,000 to the scammer who told her to send the money to Freeman to convert it to Bitcoin. Oh. And this is obviously Freeman's fault. This, it's not Freeman's fault. And no, I'm, that's, I'm joking. Oh, I, I'm being I know that. facetious. I know. This, this, these are the types of things that drive me, my anger, like, through the roof and then the government has this power and there's nothing that anyone can do about it. Yeah. Like literally I feel like this is a way where it's like, okay, you, you should be allowed to like fight your way out, but you can't 
Like Mm -hmm. he's literally going to have to be in prison for eight years, maybe four or five on good behavior. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, and there's literally like your hands are literally tied. Yeah. Actually tied. That's part of the point. But it's, ah, man. Ah, you know, and, uh, I think this is where I'm like, we need more people. This is where, where I'm like, we need to do more. Mm -hmm. We need to do more so that, because it's always like this never affects you until it happens in your backyard, you know? It's like, you know, it's like, Which, I well, mean, to be clear, this has been beneficial for us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ian, for your sacrifice. <laughs> so it's good to joke. Yeah. You know. But, but imagine if this was your, your brother, you know, mm-hmm. or if this was your husband or if this was your boyfriend or maybe your son or whoever, you know, we, I feel like Liberty dies because it doesn't personally affect us. And then when it does personally affect us, then we want to, we want to fight and but hold too sides. Late. Yeah, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. It's too late. It's it is sad, and they they trot out the old ladies who lose the money, of course, and that gets everyone in their emotional feels. And it is at sad. that point. It is sad. It's sad that they that that happened to them. And trust me, I want the people who do these romance scams to be brought to justice. I really do. Mm-hmm. But that's not who they're going after. The people who did the scams, like they brought forth victims who lost thousands of dollars through romance scams. They didn't lose the money to Ian Freeman. They lost it to the romance scammers. And those people are going to be just fine, and they're just going to either switch to someone else who's doing a Bitcoin thing or some other cryptocurrency, or they're going to switch to gift cards and money orders and direct deposits and all sorts of stuff like that. It's, trust me, it's completely possible. The U.S. attorney, Janie Young, said, quote, dozens of victims were identified during the investigation, many of whom lost their life's savings. Ian Freeman catered to fraudsters. She said he played a shell game with other people's hard-earned money while turning a blind eye to those who were conning them. It's not his. It shouldn't be his responsibility in the first place. Second, he was doing more than a bank will even do with asking all these questions about who you're sending money to. Like they'll ask you, you think Western union, you think Western union, when you go to Kroger and get a money order, you think they ask, they ask a couple questions. I've been, I've done a lot of direct deposits and they'll ask questions going to jail. No, I mean, they'll ask you like two questions. I can't remember what they are, but it's like, is this a scam? And are you sending this to, you know, are you, is this what, but I guess they have what Nigerian prince are you sending this? They, to? Have, yeah. they have a license. They're a bank and they're dealing in Federal Reserve notes. And they have a license to allow to, to turn a blind eye to, mm-hmm. to fraudsters. All right, let's so do it. They, uh, they cater to fraudsters, but they have a license to do it. We'll get just a, like as long as you have a license to kill, you know, it's no big <laughs> yeah. deal. You can that's, you that's, can even bomb. That's like, the real crime here. Dude. You could like blow you say up a bomb again. You could you two, said bomb two shows in a row. You say bomb. You could yeah. say bomb on a podcast. You just can't listen to this podcast on an airplane. Okay, out loud. What about in the airport? Um, that's possible. Yeah, in Aeropuerto, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so if you want, know <laughs> why you went Spanish with that? <laughs> oh, you're working on your yeah. I'm working on a few things. A little Duolingo action. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Nate's going to Peru by the way next year. In April. In April. Yeah. Hasn't asked me for any advice, even though I've been there. <laughs> yes, and, I have. The first day we talked about it, I asked for advice. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't get invited. <laughs> so 
<laughs> you didn't get invited on my wife's family trip. I'm sorry. Which is wild uh, to it's me. so crazy. You know? Yeah. Uh, After I went on every one of your wife's family trips, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. I want to take this quiz. This will be on the back half of the episode. All right. Since we got a segment done there. Are you doing okay on time right now? Yeah. Okay. I want to take this. The Socialist Party of Great Britain, who we haven't talked about in a little while, um, they found out that anyone who criticizes socialism just doesn't know about Marxist socialism. That's the problem. They don't understand it. They don't know what real socialism is, and they don't know that real socialism has never been tried. Yeah. And so that is Which their... Which means no one <clears throat> has ever known what real socialism is. No one. They, they've got Marx... So Mar- and Marx, by the way, is the only person who can define what you know, real socialism is and anything else that anyone ever did was never, was never socialism. It's very simple. Even if you use his own words to scrutinize him, Mm -hmm. you're wrong. No, you can't do that either. Mm -hmm. So they put out this post saying, test your knowledge about the socialism Marx and Engels wanted. Uh, If your score is zero to 40%, more research needed, 50 to 60 above average. More research needed. If you score below 40%, yeah. you need to research. You need more. to research, but you at just least haven't you, read it. At least you tried your best. 70 to 80, very good. 90 to 100. Uh, if you're not a member of the party, one of our companion parties, consider applying. So, by the way, if you know how to answer all of these questions, you're a socialist and you should join their party. Mm-hmm. There's no way that someone who is not a socialist would know anything about socialism and not be a socialist at the same time, except for. Me right here, who got a one hundred percent the first time I took the thing. So you joined the party. I. That's just funny. That's their assumption. Like, oh, if you know all the, the answers, so all are these. you moving to Great Britain now? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of these things right fast, right fast. By the way, if you can't see what we're doing, that's because you're not watching the video live or on YouTube. So mm-hmm. you should go to joingml.com and be part of the Fed Haters Club. You should watch it live because we I've, should hate the Feds for what they're doing to Ian. We should. It's disgusting and gross. Mm-hmm. So if you actually hate the feds, you would join the Fed Hitters Club. Join gmail.com or go to godhatesfeds.com. Yeah. We're going to be in prison for that one day. I know. Godhatesfeds.com. God. His last name is Freeman. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or as my grandpappy used to call him, Freeman. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. But what about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. You know what happened over the weekend, Charlie? It was not what we wanted to happen. 
I was so pumped about the United States freaking government shutting down. You knew that wasn't going to happen. I kind of thought it was going to happen for at least a couple days. Because we would be able to see people crying in the streets. Dogs and cats living yeah. together. Now you I know, know you're lying through your teeth. I know you're lying through your teeth because you would never believe something like that. I thought it was going to shut down for a minute. What is ha- What is happening? At the end of the day, luckily... Luckily, you know what happened? They had some bipartisanship, Mm. which we know is about the worst possible thing. Yeah. Anytime they agree on something and you get a lot of people that vote for something, you know that it's really bad. You know, it's real bad. It's just not the way that it will work. So they they did pass a a CR. That's what they call her. Mm. That will allow the government to stay open until mid-November, unfortunately, buying legislators more time to settle on a spending package. To fund the government for the upcoming fiscal year, which they won't do. And then we'll be talking about a shutdown come mid-November. In the House, the bill passed 335 to 91. And in the Senate, it was 88 to 9. Mm. And that's how you know that it's not good. The CR, the continuing resolution keeps overall spending levels at 2023 levels, which is great because that's what year it is. Though it does not resolve the impasse over whether Congress... We'll continue supplying military and humanitarian aid to, to Ukraine. To Nazis. <laughs> so they ended up leaving the funding out of the final bill. I believe the Senate version had like 45 bill in it. And then the House, they they took it out. Okay. And they left the spending alone. Made sure they didn't cut anything else. But they took out the Ukraine funding. And then all the then then everyone voted for it. You know, Democrats voted for it because they felt like they had to. And also, apparently, there's uh, some indication that the House is going to have an up or down, yes or no vote on approving funding for Ukraine. So just a real quick vote, which I think will pass, and they will keep sending the money to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So basically, Otherwise, Ukraine's going to help the Biden. <laughs> basically, nothing changed. It, it ended up being that this big fight was over the Ukraine funding in the bill and like that's the line in the sand people have drawn and i just wanted to make a point about how over time our expectations get pushed further and further down and how the goalpost has moved further and further over time because this time around we were supposed to be fighting about social security and medicare and overall government funding and all that and since so many people are upset about the ukraine money which they should be okay since so many people are upset Honestly, about that, I don't think anybody cares. Constituents, when you look at the numbers, people are quickly uh, losing their support for things like sending money to Ukraine. That ended up being the big thing that people were fighting about. So they had to take it out and then just leave everything else the same. Then you don't have to touch any of the things that are really the problem. Listen, I don't want to give any more money to Ukraine, but at the end of the day, the amount of money they're talking about giving is like nothing compared to our actual problems that we have. And they've, what they do is they coalesce around this thing that everyone's talking about, which is the Ukraine thing. And it's like the big, bright, shiny object that they're going to fight about. And then they fight over this and they decide not to do it, which they're still going to do it in like a week anyway. And then they just pass all the other funding that we have. And that's how it happens. There's the goalpost moved. We're mm-hmm. not going to talk about social security, not going to talk about anything else. Now it's like, oh, if you don't spend this $45 billion on Ukraine, then everything else the government does is fine. Which $45 billion is like nothing. It's like, so 1%. So three days worth of... Spending for the government, you know, of their four and a half trillion dollars they spend every year. So anyway, uh, that's that's what ended up happening. There's some fighting going on amongst McCarthy and Matt Gates, 
Uh, right now, Gates says he's going to try to get rid of McCarthy. I don't know if he'll actually be able to do it. I generally don't care about any of the stuff going on in Congress because they're all terrible. There's just like three good people out there. Like the infighting group? Yeah. If Listen, if there was a... <laughs> it's all for showmanship. Yeah. I was trying to... I was about to say something. I was wondering if like the Secret Service were going to show up or something. But listen, if a bomb went off at the Capitol... If... If a bomb went off. Hypothetically. Yeah. I would first check to see if anyone I cared about was there. And it would be like Thomas Massey and Rand Paul and maybe like one or two other people potentially. And as long as if they weren't there, I would turn the TV off and I'd go back to sleep. Like, I just wouldn't (laughs) care. You know, honestly, it'd be the best sleep I ever got. (laughs) I would say. Mm. Okay. So that's how I feel about Congress. You'd be careful how you. Is that a little bit too far? I don't know how to make a bomb. I've never made a bomb before. I don't think so. Can you say bomb on a podcast? I I guess so. Okay. Can somebody listen to it on an airplane though? (laughs) I don't know. Like without headphones, like if it was loud enough, Uh, you probably can't. Mm. (laughs) So, uh, can you say that word in Oklahoma city? (laughs) There's one other thing. Um, we could talk about on the macro scale, which we've talked about before. And that's why it's so easy to get them. Well, I mean, Look, you got all the Democrats to vote for this thing and a bunch of the Republicans and then these House Freedom Caucus people or some of your far right Republican extremists, you know, those people. Um, Domestic terrorists yeah. are inside the House. Yeah. They were still trying to stop this whole thing. And what I realized, which we've talked about before, is that like Democrats and a bunch of the Republicans, basically anytime the leadership decides to do something, they all just kind of fall in line and do it, you know? Yeah, because like, otherwise they're not going to get funding. Yeah, I mean, they just... And it's like, you got socialist members. Uh, like, Yeah, you got like AOC-type people. You got people like uh, Jamal Bowman out there uh, that we'll talk about soon. Um, you got super socialist people, but they'll vote along with the Democratic establishment anytime that they're asked to, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's because they're always... At least they're always moving together towards more government at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. What's you, cool, though, did you see where Bowman pulled the fire alarm? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be talking about that. Yeah. For sure. That's what's real cool. Um, now, that was an accident. Mm. You know, he he didn't know what was going to... He was trying to open a door, okay? And unfortunately, you got dogs pulled the wrong hand barking downstairs. Person trying to get in. Luckily, there's no fire alarm outside the door. He'd be trying to pull it to get mm-hmm. in right now. You know, so luckily you can't get in the door. That's right. Um, but yeah, we have uh, we can we can skip on to Bowman. Bowman pulled the fire alarm. This is when they were uh, about to vote. Their voting was beginning. He was going leaving the Cannon office building. Okay. So he's leaving this building, not exactly connected directly to the Capitol, but there are these underground tunnels, apparently, that uh, that connect them. He said, define fire alarm, is what he said. <laughs> define fire alarm. Uh, it's a, a red box on the wall, and it says, push in, pull down. It says, fire, real big on it. Okay, there's a picture of him pulling the fire alarm. We know that. Uh, we... We look at the doorway that he was going through here. You do have emergency exit only. Now, apparently this door was normally available to walk through. I'm not sure what happened. 
You got signs on the door says emergency exit. Only push until alarm sounds. Three seconds. I guess you hold it for three seconds. And then it says the door will unlock in 30 seconds. But that's not even what he did. He pulled the fire alarm over here. This one. It looks just like the, the button you press to exit. Yeah. Even the one that says that an alarm will sound if you try to go through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wasn't worried about that alarm. Or maybe he pushed it. There was an alarm. And he was like, well, maybe if I pull this one, it'll create like a double alarm kind of thing. And that cancels each other they, out they, like, by yeah. math. Mm-hmm. But math is racist and he's black. And so the alarm so went it's off. not his fault. No, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Uh, Trump, we'll read Trump's statement and then read what Bowman had to say for himself. Go ahead. Donald Charlie. Trump, he truthed. <laughs> he truthed this out. Will Congressman Jamal Bowman be prosecuted in prison for very dangerously pulling and setting off the main fire alarm system in order to stop a congressional vote that was going on in D.C.? His egregious act is covered on tape a horrible display of nerve and criminality. It was a very dangerous obstruction of an official proceeding, the same as used against our J6 prisoners. Actually, his act may have been worse. He must suffer their same fate. When will his trial begin? <laughs> it sounds like he just wants to hang a black man. <laughs> That's what it was. This, that is, was a this is an example of yeah. lynching. Yes, it, it was. This yeah. Is, yeah. That is a racist post right mm-hmm. there, if I ever saw one. Now I get it. He's probably talking this up a little bit. We know that this was not as bad as J6, and we apologize for saying anything that could harm any of the cherished memories of the people that weren't lost that day, except for the one protester who was yep. uh, you know, unarmed and killed mm-hmm. uh, that day. But... I don't think it's quite the same thing. Now, as we all know, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, but you can pull a fire alarm in a crowded building. It's totally fine. Will will he get in trouble? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he'll get in trouble because he is claiming to be an idiot on his page. And if you claim complete ignorance, I- ignorance, I mean, you just make yourself to be a, a flat-out ignoramus. Don't know from shamrocks he's just ignorant congressman bowman then potentially you won't get in trouble for it if you're just like hey i seriously am the dumbest person in the world and i don't know how to use fire alarms or doors even though i used to be a middle school principal and do fire alarm drills all the time (laughs) from the office of bowman he wants to personally clear up any confusion surrounding today's events where there's a picture of him pulling a fire alarm. Okay. Today, as I was rushing to make a vote, I came to a door that's usually open for votes, but today would not open. I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm, mistakenly thinking that it would open the door. (laughs) I regret this and sincerely... Yeah, you just pulled down the thing. I mean, I get it. You pull down the fire alarm. You'd expect there'd be something in the system that would say, all right, there's a fire, all the doors need to unlock. But also, I believe that sign said it would take 30 seconds, and I'm pretty sure when he pulled it down, the fire alarms went off, he ran to another door and went out of that one, because he thought there was a fire. (laughs) You know, what are you going to do? The alarm's going off. Yeah. He was scared. Okay. I regret this and sincerely apologize for any confusion this caused. He's apologized for your confusion Mm. in what he did. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he wants to be very clear, which, which means is he's lying. Yes. <laughs> this was not me, which means it was in any way. It wasn't a way trying to delay any vote. It delayed the vote. So the argument is between whether or not he was intentionally trying to delay a vote. And my assumption was he was trying to delay the vote because it was so close to a government shutdown that by the time they evacuated everything and got everyone back in, they realized that there was no fire that the government would be shut down, even if it was for like an hour. And the Democrats will say, oh, say, yeah, there was another government shutdown happened on the Republican. But that's really stupid. You know, it's almost as stupid as thinking that you should pull a fire alarm to get a door to open, mm. you know, but I'm not sure if it's that dumb. Now, let's see. I was originally trying uh, to get to a vote, which I ultimately did and join my colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep our government open. I also met after the vote with the sergeant at arms and the Capitol Police at their request and explained what had happened. My hope is that no one will make more of this than it was. I'm sure that's your hope. I'm working hard every day, including today, to have a functional brain that knows not to do really, really stupid things. And he also says to do my job, to do it well, and deliver for my constituents. Hmm. Peace and love at the end. So. Yep. We believe you. As uh, many people have said, and I, I said on Twitter yesterday or the day before, whenever it was, you have two options, Charlie. Either one, you think that this person tried to intentionally obstruct an official proceeding by pulling a fire alarm and evacuating the buildings to slow down the vote. Or two, you think that he is so stupid. You have to believe that he is so stupid that he thought that pulling down a fire alarm would be the best way to get an emergency door to open so he could go vote and didn't realize what that it was mistakenly thinking that it would open the door on his part. It seems like they need to have some kind of training because if, if there's an actual fire there, it feels like they don't know what to do. No. Yeah. What, what would you do? I, they don't know. No clue. I mean, it's possible he could be that dumb considering... He's you know, a socialist. People like Hank Green are in there thinking Guam's Hank gonna, Johnson. Hank Johnson. Yeah. Think Guam's going to tip over. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's possible. Did you see what happened in New York, though? Now that all those immigrants have been going there, I read NASA scientists, they said that New York started sinking mm. lately. Not because of the immigrants. I've connected those two using Hank Johnson. But, you know, it's, an, it's a place built on trash. You know, it's a, tr- it's a trash island. <laughs> a trash peninsula, whatever, whichever it yeah. is. It's a landfill. Anyway, NASA scientists are saying that it's starting to sink like 0.06 inches every uh, every couple of years or something like mm. that. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it, whatever it is. So it's going to be underwater. <laughs> That's what's happening. More mm. people you put on that trash, you know, it's going to keep sinking down. Okay. Well, let's talk about something that's actually important. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't really know which path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs a little help. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. I've done therapy in the past and honestly, it helped me quite a bit. I've told you guys that. And our co-host Charlie is still using BetterHelp. He loves it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule 
You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. As you probably heard, they did, uh, Newsom did appoint someone to uh, take, uh, what was her name? Dead lady, Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. Yeah. Feinstein. Feinstein. It's not Feinstein. Mm. So, so you got to say I in both times or in both times, whichever I'm... one. Uh, Diane Feinstein, they, they, he appointed LaFonza Butler, who uh, lives in Maryland, uh, but is going to switch her registration to California now that she's getting appointed to be a senator from California. Um, She'll serve her constituents well. <laughs> Newsom. She knows exactly what they need. Well, now there's something very important that Newsom pointed out. And his uh, tweet about this, his announcement, she's like the first black lesbian. Okay. And so you got to, there's that, mm. you know, that's very important for the Senate. Yes. Okay. Uh, so all the black lesbians in California finally have someone to represent them. Mm. You know, so that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, Which is the majority listen, of Californians. She, she used to be a California resident. I believe she went to work in Washington, D.C., uh, probably laundering money. For different people. Yeah. And for black buy, lesbian like, organizations. Yeah. Buying off different people. And now she's going to come back to California where, if, uh, luckily, some of the people that she has bought off and the wheels that she's been greasing for a little bit, she used to work for Kamala Harris's campaign. So we know she's terrible at her job. Mm. Okay. And so I think she's going to do great. But she's got some big connections. And that's what Gavin Newsom cares about because eventually he's going to be running for president. And so it's very important. She's connected to some uni- unions, black and gay. Win, 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 win. Yeah. That's, for everyone. This sounds, <clears throat> yeah, this sounds promising <laughs> I mean, it's, for her. It's California. Promising so, for her. No, that's great for her. Yeah. It's, it's all about who you know and who you blow. <laughs> Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> uh, Gavin's wife. He posted this last night, I believe. <laughs> this is in Canada. This isn't in the U.S., Okay. Canada. This is from Canada dot Canada. <laughs> All right. The Canadian government armed with one of the world's most repressive online censorship schemes announces that all online streaming services that offer podcasts must formally register with the government to permit regulatory controls. Mm. It's starting. We've been asking why for a while people weren't controlling podcasts. It was one of the last refuges for just totally free speech. And it looks like it's going to be starting with Canada. If you want to read some through here, just now, listen, they're just having you register, Charlie. It's not a big deal. mm, That's it. They're not going to control you. They just want all of your information Mm -hmm. registered with the government. Okay. Yeah. So the CRTC, which is Canada's FCC, uh, is advancing its regulatory plan to modernize Canada's broadcasting framework and ensure online streaming services make meaningful contributions to Canadian and Indigenous content. On May 12, 2023, the CRTC launched its first public consultations. After thoroughly examining all the evidence on the public record, including over 200 interventions, the CRTC is issuing its first two Decrees. Decisions. Sorry. (laughs) First, the CRTC is setting out which online streaming services need to provide information about their activities in Canada. Online streaming services that operate in Canada offer offer broadcasting content and earn $10 million or more in annual revenues will need to complete a registration form 
by November 28th of this year. Registration collects basic information, is only required once, and can be completed in just a few easy steps. Oh, that's not bad. And for just five easy payments Mm -hmm. of $129,999. It's the streamlined potential tyranny down the road. It's not potential. Here... Here's what this is going to be. It's going to be a licensing system. You're going to have to fill out this registration. And that's fine. Right now, they're just collecting information from people. So this is online streaming services that offer podcasts. And they make more than $10 million a year. So you're going to have to register. And eventually, sorry, people in Canada, people who host Misinformation or disinformation. You know, if you allowed people to post about how Canada, the government, had just recognized a literal Nazi in their parliament, if you put out that kind of Russian propaganda (laughs) on your podcast, well, they might have to do something about that registration slash license that they've allowed you to have. Mm. Okay? I mean, I don't know. Anything else? Trucking? You know, the, the trucker protests? You probably don't want people talking about that. Mm. You know, no. these people believe in free speech mm-hmm. and democracy, mm-hmm. democracy. It's very mm-hmm. important. It's fundamental. Mm-hmm. So democracy is when you control mm-hmm. people's speech. That's, that's what I've heard before. And of course we're just some crazy libertarians saying that this is what's going to happen down the road. And as most libertarians are, uh, we're, we're never right about something that's going to happen a few years down the road. Mm-hmm. I know, as as everyone here knows. Mark Nate's words. <laughs> Some quick facts about this. Social media services must register. However, users do not. Online services that offer podcasts must register. However, individuals who use social media to share podcasts do not. Online services that only provide video game services or audiobooks do not have to register. Hmm. Hmm. A list of registered services will be published on the CRTC's website. That way you know who's got a license to operate mm-hmm. these services. You got to know. So you can trust them. I wonder and they're sh- going to be bonded and insured too. <laughs> I wanted to show you one thing uh, from earlier before we part ways for the day and make this kind of a shorter, shorter episode. Mm-hmm. I found this to be very important. This, this here chart, I, I tweeted, I X'd, I posted about this over the weekend and it's federal government spending per person. So if you look at the amount of money that they're spending and what they're doing per person, I think it's pretty important. Uh, It could be on medical services or whatever. I don't know. You tell me terrorists, whatever stuff that the government does terrorists around the world. Now these are in 2023 dollars. All right. This is not a non-inflation adjusted chart. These are all currently adjusted for our, our, the current value of our money. <clears throat> In the year 1980, they were spending just a little bit over $9,000 per person, the government was. Including kids? I don't, I don't know if it includes kids or not. <laughs> I'm not sure. And that's to provide things that make our life better. You know, like Roads. That's to help us. Roads. Roads, police, you know? firemen. Yeah. Okay. And so now, we, what would we do without roads? Now it's about nineteen and a half thousand dollars per person. And so, since nineteen eighty, the the amount of spending that the government does per person adjusted for inflation. I'm not using nineteen eighty numbers here. Gone up like a hundred. Today's numbers is more than doubled 
since then. I feel like it's the spending that's the problem. It's not. Mm. It's not that we're not taxing enough. It's not any of that stuff. It's honestly, it's the billionaires not paying their fair share. That's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greed. It's definitely greed. It's greed. <laughs> A society runs off <clears throat> greed. Mm. That video did pretty well on Twitter. Did you see that? Yeah. X. You, you were like, what's Twitter? That's why you're talking about this long time ago. All right, man, let's go. That's what I was thinking. Coming up, we're going to be talking about how people are going to stores and stealing stuff like they're owed something these days. What's up with that? Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keen. That's move.freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. What's up, y'all? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. And this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending, rising fees, and made Bitcoin useless for purchases. But Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction. And as implemented, cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering the Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to DashDAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Well, let's talk about what's been going on around the country. We're going to talk about capitalism. What we as libertarians or conservatives or conservative libertarians can be doing better for uh, to protect property rights and to back this up morally because what we will be playing are some of the videos of people stealing crap from stores around the country that a lot of other people have been talking about but no one's really been getting down to the main issue i'm going to link these two things together one with the scenes of people stealing from lululemon and apple the clips that we've seen going around on x lately i'm going to link these up with something else I'm going to link it up with this massive lawsuit against Amazon, this FTC antitrust monopoly lawsuit against Amazon. I know that those two things don't really belong together, except for they exactly do, because they're both hatred for capitalism and 
private property. And that's what they are. That's why the FTC can get a, get away with some of these things. Let me show you um, one of these main headlines here that we'll start with when it comes to property rights. I'm not just talking about people people stealing and getting mad about, uh, about certain people that are stealing or whatever, but this unprecedented theft contributed to $112 billion in retail losses last year. That's quite a lot. Okay, $112 billion in retail losses. Now, I think it's normally like 90. There's, there's a lot every year. Okay, um, $112 billion, that is an in, in uptick, might be probably the highest number ever. But of course, you've got inflation to account for there. Losses from retail crime ticked up in 2022, causing many retailers across the country to change the way they do business, according to a survey released on Tuesday by the National Retail Federation or the NRF, as we call it at my house. Retailers are seeing unprecedented levels of theft, coupled with rampant crime in their stores, and the situation is only becoming more dire. NRF's president for asset protection and retail operations said, the annual survey by the trade group collected insights from 177 retail brands across 28 retail sectors, including the apparel, jewelry, grocery, department stores. So we got 112 up from $93.9 billion in twenty. 21. So then we got things like some of the clips that people have seen going around. We'll talk about Target announced that they're closing nine stores. Okay, you got Portland, Chicago, stuff like that. Some people are upset at Target. Target's been trending quite a bit on Twitter lately. And Jimmy Dore is one of the people who tweeted about this that we'll, that we'll mention. Um, We'll do the target part first. We'll talk about that. Uh, the prevalence of organized retail theft is forcing Target to close nine stores in four states, including three in the Bay Area, the company announced Tuesday. In a press statement, Target said it takes the decision to close stores very seriously and only after investing in steps to prevent and stop theft that were ultimately unsuccessful. They say, in this case, we cannot continue operating these stores because theft and organized retail crime are threatening the safety of our team and guests and contributing to unsustainable business performance. We know that our stores serve an important role in their communities, but we can only be successful if the working and shopping environment is safe for all. Um, So you got stores closing in these big cities. Heard a lot of people talking about that lately. Now, you get the rampant crime in the big cities, and of course, we can point to places in California where they essentially made it legal to steal things as long as you don't steal 950 bucks worth of goods. And they're going to let you probably play with that number a little bit. You're probably good up to 12 or 1500 before they're actually going to do anything. Um, but 950, I believe that's, that's what they're going to do. So that's pretty, that's pretty dumb to start with. Okay. That's, that's people's personal property that you're allowing to be stolen. And so, of course, eventually people figure out that they don't actually have to pay for things. They can go in and steal goods and they can leave and nothing bad's going to happen. And so, of course, this is what's going to happen. Now, that's just in places like California. You You got this going on all around the country. You see people running in, doing these flash mob thefts in places. I think Philadelphia was the the most recent one. Uh, let's look at a couple clips from that right quick. Oh, gosh. I'll tell you what. I'm going to say something ridiculous to you real quick. I get more frustrated and upset when I see 
these videos of people looting stores than I do of when I see videos of January 6th. Can I get an amen? Anyone in the group? Yeah. Uh, I get... (laughs) Where's Chuck in the live group? Um, At a Nickelback concert. Yeah. I get more upset when I see this. I'll tell you why. It's because this is people's personal property. This is a lack of respect for personal property. Government building... Although uh, still someone's property, I guess it belongs to all of us. It was built uh, or maintained with stolen money, of course, and it's the place where all of the thieves get together to decide how they're going to steal more of your money. I just get less upset when I see that building getting overran and and podiums being taken out than when I see millions of dollars worth of merchandise being taken from the people who produced it or are going to sell it. So anyway, here's a video of cops trying to stop people from stealing and believe this one's in Philadelphia. All right, so in this video, you see cops trying to tackle people that are running outside. Um, it's uh, there's, there's just hysterical laughter going on while people are stealing and running off with this stuff. Um, I don't think she's all right. I did notice that it's like it's all really funny when people are running out with the stolen goods. When the cop has the person pinned down on the ground and he actually like he punches them at one point in time, at which point I was like, yeah, freaking hit that guy in the face. I guess I'm OK with police brutality when you're stealing people's property. I don't know. Um, well, the guy wouldn't stop trying to get away. He was trying to stop him. Um, anyway, that's where she's like screaming. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This you know, this is awful. And then she goes back to cackling. And uh, maybe they just overdubbed some Kamala Harris. Um, I, I don't know. Um, so she's laughing hysterically when people are running out. She starts crying when the person gets pinned down to the ground and is getting arrested. Then she goes back to cackling as more people are running out. Uh, let's look at another video of just the great thing that society has become. This is from the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, by the way. Uh, people overrunning an Apple store and they say one iPhone is worth more than every single one of these people. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree, but I think that property rights is a uh, is a very worthwhile thing that we need to fight for. I want the thing to come in right now that you see on the Apple commercials that says recorded on an iPhone. Um, Someone needs to splice that in for me right quick. Uh, It is interesting. There's a bunch of people standing outside laughing uh, about um, people stealing their free iPhones. And you just see a wall of people recording this on their iPhones. So it's not like these aren't poor people out here stealing for bread. AOC. These are people out here that are just stealing stuff. 
because they, they think they're owed it. They're entitled to it, I guess. They have no respect for the property whatsoever. And then what you see uh, outside later on is that they're not even, I don't even think they're planning on selling this stuff. They just start destroying it. Now, this person, I can't remember, I can't remember her name. <laughs> Meatball, I think. Meatball. Not Meatball Ron, uh, but Meatball, this person, I guess, has been pretty famous on the internet lately. Well, she did get arrested and got charged with a bunch of felonies, just so you know. Uh, so as you're watching this and you're getting so mad, at least we can feel good knowing that uh, probably still nothing will happen. They'll prob- probably still just drop charges. I'm a week now, your son doing fine. You can chill in hood now. Keep your feet up. I'm not going to run me some good now. Yo, what's that sound? What's that sound? What's that sound? That's the Oh, shoot. Everybody throwing free iPhones. Let me see the iPhone. Oh, my God. I want that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They check the iPad, too. They check. Oh, my God. 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 And now they're just putting things on the ground and destroying them. Oh my god, all these iPhones! They're not even taking them so they can sell it. Oh my god! This is crazy. Oh my god, this is crazy. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing. If I go to jail, you know where the bell money at. Oh shit, what they doing? What they doing? Oh my god! Oh my god, the cops, the cops, the cops. Yo, hey, bro. I'm gonna Okay, I'll say it this way. I was trying to figure out how to say it without um, just coming off really super negative. If you're still living in a big city, and I mean in a big city, like you live and there's tall buildings around you everywhere. It's time to leave. Okay? It's time to get out. There are tons of work from home jobs. There are many ways to live and work while living outside of the city. I live in a city outside of Nashville. It would take about 30 minutes to get to Nashville from my house. It's still kind, of, you know, you still got everything you need. There's still 120,000 people in the city that I live in right here. Get out of the big city. Because here's the next thing. If this continues and there are no repercussions to stop it and we keep pushing and keep pushing the ideology that is behind this, which is what we need to talk about, it's going to keep getting worse and worse and all of these stores are going to close. That's why you see Target closing stores and Walmart closing stores. That's why you see something hilarious that we haven't even talked about yet, which is Chicago toying with the idea of starting their own city ran grocery stores and you know what when i saw that story i was like okay cool do it let's see how it goes i want the numbers on it i want the numbers on the city ran grocery store and not just what they're selling things for i want to know how much the taxpayers are subsidizing the store because if a professional grocery store can't make any money there then the city sure as hell is not going to make any money running a grocery store in these places They're going to have to steal it from other people. Ironically, the other stores closed because of theft. The 
city will have to steal from the entire community to keep this grocery store going. And you know what? I kind of want to see it happen. I want to see how it plays out because it's going to crash and burn and we can use it as an example to talk about on the podcast. I'm sure I'm sorry, people in Chicago, and I'm sorry for taxpayers in Illinois, namely my entire family that is going to be paying to uh, subsidize and subsidize and resubsidize things like this. Okay, so what's actually happening here when these stores are closing down? And this has been a thing that's gone on for a long time. You see crime gets really bad in the cities and stores close, they leave, they fix the crime, stores start to come back. Or what you'll see is that the prices are a lot higher in those inner cities. And that get blamed that gets blamed on racism, which is really annoying because these people have to not only account for all the theft that happens, they have to account for the extra security. And many times they have to account for buying things in lower amounts of products because there's less space for them to store things and keep products on the shelves. That's why things are more expensive in inner cities. It's not just because they're trying to stick it to people, not to mention the fact that the building itself costs way more and all the other things that uh, go along with the, um, the property value and the rental and all that, the lease. So anyhow, why is this happening though? You see the joy on these people's faces and you also see that they're out there destroying the products. They throw the iPads on the ground and they're dumping like chemicals on them. They're smashing the iPhones. So what, what is this? And not, I mean, I, I don't doubt that people are running off with the merchandise and, and selling some stuff later. But we at least have video of them destroying a little bit of it. So what is this? What's happening? I happen to believe that this is what happens when you tell an entire generation of people that they can't get ahead, that there's too much income inequality, that the wealthy own all the wealth and there's nothing you can do about it, that capitalism is theft, that profit is theft, that all of these corporations are stealing from the workers, that they owe you something. Essentially every person in the video that we, the videos that we showed were we're black, and I'm not saying it has anything to do with this, but you could say maybe in in some of these specific instances, you are owed, because of racism, you're owed reparations. The entire country owes you a debt. These uh, corporations owe you a debt. This was all built on slavery. You're owed all of this stuff anyway. You shouldn't have to pay for things. Anything that's wrong in your life is the fault of someone else. Property is theft. Everything should be collectivized. This all belongs to us anyway. This was all stolen from the Native Americans anyway. None of us should even be here right now. Every human being is a poison to the planet. We're going to kill everyone. What happens when an entire generation has preached these things constantly, their entire lives, told that there's no way they can ever get ahead, that all of these corporations are stealing from them? Everything you see in that store was stolen from you in the first place. How do you expect them to think any differently? They don't know. No one's throwing a a Mises book in their face. I guarantee you, almost none of the people in the group that we saw have heard of Thomas Sowell or Milton Freeman. They're not not reading economics or, or free market philosophy books. In the spare time, they're listening to people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and Robert Reich and Nina Turner and Cori Bush. 
And all, all of these people who have been preaching to them that nothing is their fault and that they should have no responsibility for their lives whatsoever. And this is the result of it. You can blame the laws of the $950 law in California if you want to, but that doesn't cause me to go steal anything when I'm in California. So it's not just the law. Sure, the law can stop bad people from doing bad things, but could I get away with going and stealing something from a store right now if I was real sneaky about it? Could I sneak a, a, a pack of gum or something? Yeah, sure I could, but I'm not going to. You know why I'm not going to? Because I have respect for people's property. I don't hate those places because they turn a profit. I used to when I was younger. I've never really told everyone about all that, but I used to really, I used to hate Walmart. I used to hate all the big corporations. I mean, sure, like I hate, do I think there's like great people running them with, you know, virtuous, benevolent values or anything? No, no. But I mean, I used to hate them because they made money when I was younger, a lot younger. So if no one is teaching people that it's important for stores to turn a profit, that it's important for you to make money off of the product, that this isn't theft, that this is the only reason we have any of these things are because of this system that we live in right now. No one's ever telling people that. It's always the exact opposite. Then what do you expect? That's what it is. It's not just the relaxed crime laws. It is the ideology that people are pushing right now. It's, it's socialist ideology. It's a complete lack of respect for personal property. It's a hatred of capitalism. It's a hatred of anyone who is turning the profit. It's a hatred of anyone who owns anything. It's a hatred for anyone who makes money off of owning anything. That's the direction we're going, and it's starting in the big cities right now. And as it gets worse, it'll get even worse because the stores will leave. The economic conditions will worsen. And not only will people be stealing for fun, they'll be stealing because they have to eventually, because that's how they actually have to get food, because the economic conditions will end up getting so bad. That's you know, a lot of cities go through this cycle. Okay. And so what we have to do, and the only thing we can do as libertarians is be unabashedly freaking free market capitalists. Okay. I, you think I like Google? You think I, you think I like them? No, I think Google's made up of a bunch of terrible socialist leftists, but I don't hate them because they make money. I don't hate the way that they make money. Do I, do I love Amazon? Do I love Jeff Bezos who owns the Washington post? Do I, do I, do I love him? Do I think he's awesome? Oh, I think he's pretty good at business. I think he had some good ideas. Probably wouldn't agree with him philosophically, but I agree with Amazon's way that they make money or agree with their right to do that, which we'll talk about. But this idea that all of this is theft and this hatred for capitalism, we see it in our government as well. I guess I'll, I'll push on to the next. You see, what I, what I wanted to, what I, what I really want to get across here, because what I don't hear from people on the right enough is the ideology behind all of the theft. People will say it's because of the relaxed prosecutors. And sure, they have relaxed the way that they will actually enforce these laws. But lack of respect for the law, okay, I don't have respect for a lot of laws. It doesn't mean that I go and break them all the time. 
And it doesn't mean, like I said, that next time I go to California, I'm going to go steal a bunch of stuff at a store because I don't believe in taking other people's property. I don't believe in stealing from them. That's an ideology that all of these people have been taught because every policy prescription, every prescription for anything that is wrong in anyone's lives these days involves stealing from other people and not actually doing things on your own. Coming up, we'll talk about more anti-capitalism from the FTC against Amazon on Free Talk Live, Liberty at Night. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Jimmy Dore, when Target announced that they were closing three Portland stores, they cited theft and organized retail crime. Jimmy Dore, who's been pretty good on a lot of stuff, okay? But I still, I don't listen to him because I know I couldn't handle it. I agree with him on a lot of free speech and COVID stuff. But when it comes to economics, the leftism shows through. Target says they're going to close stores and Jimmy Dore says... The CEO of Target made $17 million last year. Weird that they just don't hire security guards in these three stores instead of closing them, isn't it? Something is not right. Target can't afford security guards? Really? And so his answer is, you shouldn't close these three stores. You should, since you can pay your CEO $17 million, which as we know, because everyone who's listening to this podcast knows They paid their CEO $17 million, more than likely they paid him like a million dollars and the rest of it was from stocks, more than likely. So he says, well, they shouldn't close these three stores. They can afford to pay for security guards because they can afford to pay their CEO $17 million. Well, here's the deal. You might be able to look at the expenses of hiring security guards at these stores and pay for that. Or you might be able to say, these stores are just not profitable. Like if we pay for security at all of these stores and enough security to actually stop a 100-person flash mob from stealing everything in the store, this store is not profitable unless we double the prices of everything. And then not only that, what about the legal ramifications, the legal liability if one of the security guards gets hurt in one of these instances? Or what if one of the security guards kills someone when they're stealing something? And then we have to pay for that. And then people are riding in all the targets everywhere and no one shops here anymore. And they, it's just, what if, you know, what if we're only selling our tuck-friendly bathing suits so we can't mark those up enough? So yeah, they got to consider more things. And the fact that they, they pay their CEO... $17 million? Who gives a fly-in? You know what? The stores aren't profitable. You know how I know the stores aren't profitable? Or they're not profitable enough? Because they're closing them. 
boom, I just solved this problem. Because guess what? Target's interested in making money. And so if they were making money off of the stores and enough to counter the possibility of lawsuits of someone gets killed, an employee gets killed, a security guard gets killed, or a customer or someone who's stealing gets killed, and all the riots that would ensue after that, if they're making enough to counter all of those liabilities, then they would keep the store open. It's as simple as that, but they're not. And you shouldn't have the CEO subsidizing stores that aren't making enough money to stay open. But Jimmy Dore, all he's thinking about is that he doesn't like that Target's CEO made $17 million. He sees that, and therefore Target can afford to do anything. They can probably afford to double the salary of every single employee that works there. They could probably hire Secret Service to come in there and work at every single store. It doesn't matter. They pay their CEO $17 million. So you can pay for anything you want, according to people like Jimmy Dore, who see that number and then all their calculator, every calculator in their life just disappears as soon as as soon as that happens. Someone said about profits, I bet profit margins are slim. Hiring security guards would be a waste of money against organized flash mobs. Lastly, it shouldn't be Target's responsibility to do the police's job. Jimmy Dore says, oh, for F sake. The CEO makes $17 million a year. Their profit margins are through the roof. No, they're not. What do you get out of simping for huge corporations do better? So I guess right now what I'm doing is called simping for huge corporations. And that's something that's always bothered me. I'm not simping for huge corporations. Do I like Target? No. Target's in a lot of things that I don't like. You're not simping for huge corporations. You're simping for math, logic, basic reasoning skills of someone who's not mentally disabled and the personal property rights, people's ability to make their own decisions. Anyway, let's simp for a big corporation right quick before we get out of here today. Amazon, now massive, massive monopoly antitrust lawsuit against them. 17 states and and the U.S. are suing Amazon, alleging monopolistic practices have led to higher prices. Now, they say monopolistic practices because they can't call Amazon a monopoly. You notice they'll say monopolistic practices instead of saying that they have a monopoly because in the definition, monopoly has got to be mono and they got to be the only seller of something and they can't make that argument. They will only make the argument that they are using monopolistic practices, things that a monopoly would do. If they had a monopoly and if you do things that a monopoly would do, if you had a monopoly, then you're doing monopolistic practices. And this all boils down to if people like your product and your company and the service enough that you can even make things more expensive and they'll stick with you, then you're using monopolistic practices. If you can raise your prices and not lose customers, you're a monopoly. According to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission and 17 state attorneys general filed a sweeping antitrust lawsuit against Amazon Tuesday, alleging that the company has abused its powers to squeeze merchants and thwart rivals, resulting in higher prices and lower quality goods for tens of millions of American households who regularly shop at the company's online superstore. Merchants who rely on Amazon to stay in business 
are forced to pay a range of fees that trickle down to consumers. The FTC argues in the suit. Let me be absolutely clear about something right now. The FTC, the government, alleges in the suit that Amazon charges fees to its merchants and that that causes the merchants to raise the prices of their products. Let me say this in another way. (laughs) The government just argued that taxes raise the prices of the products, but no, they're only saying it because Amazon is the one making the money off of it. That's the way that they're arguing. The FTC argues in the suit, pay-to-play advertisements, clog its store and degrade its services. The FTC is upset that on the front page of Amazon, when you search something, the first four items you see are advertisements. And they are going to do something about this. Because the stupid people who shop on Amazon's website have not dropped their subscription yet. And they have had to suffer the pain and the indignity of scrolling through four ads at the top of the page before getting two other products. Oh, it turns out the ad was a better product anyway. I guess I'll just use that. It's terrible. Some people, you know those kids in Africa, the, that mom that was begging me for water in Africa a few, few years back with her baby in her arm, she's begging me for water. She has no clue the pain of scrolling through four ads at the top of your Amazon search results. Come on. You don't know how bad life can get. Just don't know how good you have it, you know? The nature of the case. Now, I read a lot of this because it it is a banger of a novel out here. Okay? The nature of the case. They set the scene. You're zooming in on a woody meadow, butterflies and birds chirping, and there's a stream flowing down through there, and the sun glistening through the leaves. And they say the early days of online trade were bursting with possibility. Competition flourished. A newly connected nation saw a wide open frontier where anyone with a good idea would have a fair shot at success. I love how they described the days of absolutely no regulation on anyone who wanted to start a business on the Internet. They weren't even collecting sales taxes on people who wanted to sell things on the Internet back then. Kids, can you believe that? Today, however, this wide open frontier has been closed. A single company, Amazon, has seized control over much of the online retail economy. One company has seized control over some of the online retail economy. That's what they want to say because they can't call it a monopoly. Amazon is a monopolist. They're not going to say monopoly. They're going to say a monopolist. It exploits its monopolies in ways that enrich Amazon but harm its customers. Both the tens of millions of American households who regularly shop on Amazon's online superstore and the hundreds of thousands of businesses who rely on Amazon to reach them. For example, Amazon has hiked so steeply the fees it charges sellers that it now reportedly takes close to half of every dollar from the typical seller that uses Amazon's fulfillment service. Amazon recognizes that sellers find that has become more difficult over time to be profitable on Amazon due to Amazon's. They have all these redacted things that they're going to be trade secrets and all that that they can't disclose. But as one seller explains, we have nowhere else to go and Amazon knows it. Now we sell things, we sell shirts. Okay, we got, I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. It says land of the free, 
and it's got an American flag made up of all the agencies in the U.S. government. It says land of the free. It's in quotes, though. Do you get it? Did you get the joke? Yeah. So we sell them through our own website. And you see, anyone who is selling anything on Amazon has plenty of other places to go because you can start your own website for pretty cheap. In fact, it'd be a lot cheaper than what you're paying to list all those products on Amazon. But the problem is, you'd have to drive a lot of customers to that website. And you know that you can't do it because Amazon already did it and everyone's there and you can't spend the money to get all those people to come to your site. You don't have it. And so instead of you spending the money to get all of those people to come to your website to get your stuff, you're instead going to pay fees to Amazon because they're spending the money or because they spent the money because they have all of those eyeballs already. It's a trade-off. Everything in life is a trade-off. And that is what people recognize. That's why they still list things on Amazon instead of starting their own websites, which they are all free to do. So I, I have a few things here with the market share e-commerce companies. Amazon does have a big portion. Now, I, I kind of downplayed it. They don't just have some. They got a big portion compared to all of the others. I will say, I don't see Etsy listed on here. That might be because they're in a different category than these other websites. Uh, but you got Amazon at 37.8%. According in 2022, retail e-commerce companies in the U.S. as of June 2022, 37.8% is Amazon. 6.3% is Walmart. 39 is Apple. Then you got eBay and then Target and Home Depot, Best Buy, Costco, other places that people buy things. Wayfair, Chewy, Macy's website uh, is listed on there. Share of total U.S. retail sales. Walmart is still beating Amazon. This is just retail in general. But Amazon's getting close. But when you actually look at their market share for what they own, because remember, Amazon has Amazon marketplace of products that they own, and then they have the third-party sellers that can come on and list things for sale. Now, does that count as Amazon selling things or your business who listed it through Amazon actually sold things and you just use Amazon, you know, like if I use Wix to create a website and I sell products, does that mean that Wix is the person selling the products or is it my website? And so this chart actually does a better job that puts Amazon at 25%. It's much lower because half of the stuff sold on Amazon is sold by other people that aren't Amazon. They're just using Amazon maybe for fulfillment or they're just using it to list their products because there's a lot of eyeballs out there. There's value to that. If there wasn't, people wouldn't do it. That's the truth of the matter. Amazon possesses monopoly power in two relevant markets. They still never call it a monopoly. They say that it has monopoly power in two relevant markets, and they list out the two markets. The online superstore market and the market for online marketplace services. What they mean by that is the market for people who want to sell things online like Facebook Marketplace, or like if I want to sell something on eBay, or the third-party sellers who sell things on Amazon. Amazon apparently has a monopoly and monopoly power in that as well, even though they don't, as we'll talk about here quickly. The online superstore market is them, once again, very narrowly defining a market. They didn't even say online U.S. retail. Because they can't. They have to say online superstore. And what they mean by that is a place where you can go to get many different products in different product categories. They even go through, and I was reading through this, they go through in the lawsuit. They say, sure, 
you want to get uh, skis, you can get those on Amazon or you can go to Bill and Mike's ski shop dot com if you want to do that. But you're not going to be able to like, buy bread <laughs> while you're on there. So therefore, this is not a substitution for Amazon's market. And so since you can't go on there to get all kinds of other stuff, a place that literally sells the thing that you are buying on Amazon is not competition with Amazon. According to the FTC, if I buy a Rode microphone, I just returned a Rode microphone, a Rode NT-USB Plus microphone. I bought it on Amazon. I could have also bought that microphone from Best Buy's website. I could have bought it from Rode's website. I could have bought it on eBay. There's a lot of places I could have bought that microphone. According to the FTC, like none of those people are competition with Amazon. They talk about the structural evidence of monopoly power. Both markets includes Amazon's dominant market, sh- market shares and presence of significant barriers to entry, including powerful network effects and strong economies of sale. Scale, sorry. Notice when they say significant barriers to entry, because when we talk about monopolies, When we talk about monopolies, we talk about your ability to keep other people from entering the market. Now, the government has monopolies. They have monopolies in many things because they can literally keep people from entering the market. The government grants monopolies to people because they can grant people licenses. Uh, They can can restrict who can enter into the market. They do that using licenses. What Amazon cannot do is is have the kind of barriers to entry that the government can have. The kind of barriers to entry that you use violence for. What they are using as barriers to entry is Amazon being better than their competition or just being a popular brand. It's like if I wanted to create a shoe brand to compete with Nike, Nike has enacted a barrier to entry for me. The barrier to entry is the fact that so many people like Nike. And so therefore, they've got monopoly power over me. Even if I got a better shoe or whatever, they've got economies of scale and they've got a network effect. They've got a brand name that people trust. Therefore, it's a monopoly or they're using monopoly power. If you ask this FTC and Lena Khan, feedback loops between the two relevant markets further demonstrate the critical importance of scale and network effects in these markets. Amazon has durable durable monopoly power in the online superstore market. The online superstore market is a relevant market. Online superstores compete to build long-term relationships with consumers across multiple purchases of a variety of items. Online superstores do store by off, do so by offering a distinct set of features that reduce time and effort for shoppers online thereby encouraging shoppers to return to those online superstores for a broad swath of goods. Let me get this right, just so you know. Because yes, I read through all of it. If you use Amazon, it's easier for you to use Amazon again. All right, you got your previous orders on there. Very easy. Therefore, that's giving you some durable monopoly power for Amazon because a new business that would come in, you don't have all your favorite stuff saved with them. They might not have all the same stuff. This gives Amazon a durable monopoly. And who is it that's given it? Is it the government? Is it Amazon? It's customers. That's who it is. They even say customers incur shopping costs beyond the prices paid for purchase items. For example, when considering the purchase, shoppers must determine which stores carry specific items. Shoppers value stores that reduce search costs and ability to discover new items that they may not have been initially searching for while shopping. Yes, everything that Amazon does to make shopping easier for its customers gives it a monopoly. 
Online superstores are not reasonably interchangeable with brick-and-mortar stores. They're not reasonably interchangeable. Let me tell you a story. I got an Apple TV. It's right there. I got a, got a new Apple TV. I ordered it on Amazon because I made the assumption that Amazon had the best price for the Apple TV. So I order it, and I say, I text my wife. I say, hey, I've ordered an Apple TV. You're welcome. What does she say? It's cheaper at Best Buy. That's what she says. Not only do we not order it on Best Buy's website, the next day we submit the return from Amazon for the Apple TV, and we drive in the car because we are also getting groceries at the same time. What happens to be right down the street? But a Best Buy, where we walk into the store and we buy the item that we had just returned to Amazon. But according to the FTC, online superstores are not reasonably interchangeable with brick and mortar stores. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's more expensive on Amazon. You'll never do anything to go get the cheaper product. You won't do it. Okay, according to the government. Amazon's dominant position in the online superstore market is protected by significant barriers to entry. This one is the one that bothers me a lot. We'll get out of here in a second. Don't worry. Barriers to entry, they're using what should actually define a monopoly against businesses who do a good job providing products and services to their customers. Barriers to entry should mean that a company cannot literally stop you from entering the market. There's two other little things. They mentioned that they increase prices to sellers, the people selling stuff on Amazon's website, without losing meaningful business. So they say they they do lose some business. But by the FTC's calculations, the amount that they've increased fees to sellers, they should be losing more people. And the fact that the sellers found Amazon to be valuable enough that they stayed on there and kept selling things means that Amazon has a monopoly. Now, they do some things that are questionable. I think it's morally wrong to actually make it difficult for people to unsubscribe. Now, as um, James Chernowski, who was on the show a few days ago, said, it's six clicks to get to the unsubscribe button. And you guys ever use the government website before? It's way worse than that. They're suing Amazon for being still easier to use than a government website. That's a little bit ironic. Here's one chart that I find very interesting. Top 10 U.S. companies by 2021 retail e-commerce sales growth. It's difficult to find some of these numbers, okay? The top sales growth, now Etsy's on this one, the number one, Is it Amazon? Are they just destroying everyone? Sales growth? No, it's Etsy, up 26.9%. Walmart is number two, 26.4%. Chewy is number three, 25%. Amazon is number four with their growth. They got three companies growing faster than Amazon, at least in 2021. And I want to remind you of the last semi-insidious thing really insidious to call it more. We'll call it more annoying at this point. They point to all of this growth in Amazon's market share in retail online superstores and the fact that sellers have put up with higher fees from Amazon. What happened over the last few years? We had the COVID pandemic. We had the COVID lockdowns. People were not able to go anywhere. Many of their other stores were closed down. They weren't able to go to them. And so Amazon 
was given, not a full monopoly, still not a monopoly. There were plenty other places to order things. But Amazon was given much more monopolistic power or market power by the government, by the government's own actions. And then, like someone in the group just said, people spent their stimmy checks on Amazon too. People needed to sell things on Amazon to make money. There were a lot more people going to Amazon because the, the other stores were closed. Amazon was able to raise its fees to the sellers because there was nowhere else to sell anything. And it was too hard to start your own business and website. And that's where everyone was going to buy things because the economy was locked down. Lo and behold, Amazon gets called a monopoly after they were able to use their market power that was given to them by the government over the last few years. So even the powers that they are saying Amazon has might have just come from the government lockdowns in the first place. And now Amazon's the one getting in trouble for it. It's the government who gets to come in and say, oh, this is... This is unfettered free market capitalism. This is what happens when the government doesn't step in. When in fact, it's what happens when the government does step in. Almost every single time. Coming up on Liberty at Night on the Free Talk Live Network, we're going to be going through what we call Dumb Bleep of the Week, where our live group at joingml.com is going to be voting on the dumbest thing. GML stands for Good Morning Liberty, by the way. That's our podcast that we do every single day of the week. So you can go listen to that. Type in BernieLies.com on your browser. Free Talk Live. It's Dumb Bleep of the Week, Charlie. The day that we talk about the dumbest thing, the live group, the Fed Haters Club, who we've been talking to now for 20 minutes beforehand, before starting this episode. That's a privilege they pay for. They've got all the tea Mm -hmm. from Charlie's life. Well, not quite all of it, but someday maybe they'll have the rest of it. You know, anyway, uh, we've been hanging out with them, and now they're going to get the vote on what the dumbest thing was this week. The winner will get the dumb leap of the year. When I was in Knoxville on Wednesday night, there's about six hours of my life that I can't recall. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know why, you got to join the live group. You got to be in the group. Yeah, join gmail.com. Okay, well, let's get into the dumb. There's an honorary dumb, so we got to get right into it, Charlie. I don't know if you heard the news. This is honorary. We don't have to vote on oh, it. Okay, no. this, is a, this is zero. Dumb bleep number zero. Senator Diane Feinstein, who is a trailblazer for women in the U.S. Uh, she blazed too many trails. And uh, she made it to the ripe old age of 90. And she's dead. Mm. So that's we hate the, death. Not a fan of death. Okay, mm. she was still in the Senate. I think. Uh, I think that she's going to be in favor of the government shutdown. From what I can tell, I I don't know because she's. Uh, we'll see. Well, actually, she's not. She's just not going to vote. She's, she's going <laughs> to abstain. <laughs> the Senate already passed a bill that, by the way, had $45 billion for Ukraine, and I'm pretty sure it's a ridiculous amount of money. Actually, I did find out about this, but you want to know how I found out? How? From Babylon B's headline, which is, <laughs> Feinstein's death won't affect her re-election campaign. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. That's part of the dumb part. Uh, she shouldn't have still been in the Senate. She'd already given power of attorney to her daughter, I believe, although she could still vote on spending billions of dollars that was stolen from people. Um, we disagree with basically everything she ever stood for. 
Um, except for you know like women's rights equality or whatever it is that she stood for but there's plenty of other people that are still standing for that and have stood well we sat for that yeah we didn't stand we did it would have been wrong for us to stand for that Mm -hmm. um because i don't have a uterus so uh she you know i was looking up some stuff on her big on the assault weapons ban uh back in 94 i believe when they did it so she was she was a big into that uh she she had some not she backed biden on his crime bill she had some, probably she had some not kind words to say about edward snowden in 2013 saying that he needed to come back and face the music and um you know some some kind of dumb things about that but in general she is someone who has been living off of stolen money for a long time she's been insider trading for a long time several reports about that and uh, she allocates as i said on twitter she misallocates money that was taken from workers paychecks against their will under threat of imprisonment so in general i i don't i don't really like her a lot um mm-hmm. well i i didn't really like her yeah still don't but i didn't also beforehand either but she's dead so we don't have to talk about her anymore let's get on to don't believe number one you got any kind words to say about someone who died today no, just that. Okay. I, just that I hate death. I mean, you know, I kind of wish she would have left the Senate a long time ago, mm-hmm. and then she could have, she could have died in peace, maybe. Yeah, but now she'll be scrutinized. All right, so dumbly number one, real quick, real quick, because we already talked about this earlier in the week, but it's it's worthy of mentioning on dumb bleep of the week, and we'll go back to the time that the Canadian Parliament honored an actual Nazi. Okay, we talked about this on Monday, I believe. Uh, but they were honoring this guy because he continues to fight for Ukraine. And it turns out when he was fighting for Ukraine, he was an actual Nazi in the Waffen SS mm. uh, way back in the day. And they had to apologize for it. They were Which embarrassed. Which turns out to be one of the most brutal. Apparently. Yeah. Like their unit was pretty brutal. Seems like it. A lot of dehumanizing yeah. stuff they did. Nazis saw them and they were like, whoa. Yeah. That's, that's a little those too far, guys. my friend. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Justin well, Trudeau. just cheering on his grandchildren, you know, in Ukraine. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin Trudeau is uh, blaming the fact that he, that Zelensky owned the Nazi um, talking about Russian disinformation. So this is all part of number one right now. Yes. Daisy Boy. said, whoops, they did not see that mm, coming. There you go. Bang, bang. Extra bonus points. I love good dad that jokes. <clears throat> that's good. <clears throat> Uh, Justin Trudeau was blaming a lot of talk around it on Russian disinformation. And of course, uh, probably has to do with people talking about Nazis in Ukraine as well. Not that there are any actual Nazis in Ukraine. But there are for the Ukraine. Are there? Yeah. Oh yeah, there are. Yeah, that's right. right. There are. You're right about that. (laughs) So we won't spend too much time on Dumbleat number one, since we already spent like 25 minutes on it earlier Mm -hmm. in the week. So let's move on. This is what I hate about the left so much. Yes. Just the inconsistency. You know, it's like if you hate Nazis, let's just hate them all. It right, and I feel like we that that would be a fine thing to hate. I, I'm in, in agreement with hating Nazis. And we should stop sending them money. Mm-hmm. At least that's the least we. Somebody could say like, "Hey, do you know you're sending money to Nazis?" And they'd be like, "Oh, we don't want to do that because they should be consistent." But no, that like you don't have to have any logical consistency when you're part of the left. It's Mm-mm. just we're just going to push this agenda and we'll spin it however we want to. I just you know what happened to the anti-war left? I just wonder if we're going to end up fighting 
Ukrainian Nazis someday in the future. You know how we end up fighting against our own weapons and people that we funded in other parts of the world? Mm. I wonder if eventually we'll be warring with Ukrainian Nazis that are using billions of dollars of American weaponry. Just someday in the future. I'm not sure. Probably. We'll see. Probably not, because they're from Ukraine, so they're good Nazis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, Nicole Hannah-Jones. This is, it's not exactly what she said here. It's some of the responses to it. There's a picture of a map, if you're listening on the on the radio right now is a picture of a map and she says the richest man ever to live was a black african king named mansa musa his was one of the largest empires of the world at the time isn't that impressive i find that to be very Hmm. impressive i mean it's great for equality they had great dei scores you know everything was good Mm -hmm. back then Mansa Musa also happened to be one of the largest mass enslavers in the history of the world. And uh, and right here, 1324, he embarked on the pilgrimage across Egypt to Mecca, bringing 12,000 slaves in tow. Hmm. It's actually one of the reasons that he was the richest man to ever live. (laughs) Just so you know, Uh, not the slavery part. That's not important. What's important that he was a black king. Someone mentioned in the comments here that African kings made white people look like amateurs when it came to enslaving people. And then we get a defense of African enslaving kings. And what do they say, Charlie? So as long as you're black, <laughs> yeah. it's okay to enslave you. Since when is it okay to defend someone who enslaved thousands of people? When is it okay, Charlie? Uh, right now, from when, this guy, I guess. The answer is when the enslaver was a black person. Mm. Then yeah. you should defend it. Well, that's it. part of reparations. I guess so. Yeah. So Ken Ken Partito defends slavery, saying, hardly. There was nothing in Africa like the Atlantic slave trade. Their slavery wasn't near as bad as our slavery. No, that was the good kind of slavery. Yeah. Like those good Nazis in Ukraine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The kind of slavery you would strive for. Many societies had some form of slavery. It's just (laughs) mostly peaceful slavery. When you are defending a, a black slaveholder... You are allowed to use the argument, Charlie, that many societies across history had slavery. Okay, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> but Atlantic slavery, I'm guessing the Atlantic slave trade, slavery was far more brutal, reducing people to property because those other slaves, <laughs> they didn't have no master. No, you know? no, they weren't property. They were uh-uh. free to come and go as they pleased. Uh, they reduced to things and also racialized. Other types of slavery did not necessarily pass on permanently. Oh, the slavery. Okay, I got you. Mm. So, just in case you're wondering, it wasn't all that bad for those slaves. All the other forms of slaves, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the Atlantic slave trade. That's the bad one. And you've got to make excuses for all of the other slave trades that there were around the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Makes total sense. I love it. That's Jesus. great. And uh, that's, by the way, like the post came from Nicole Hannah Jones, who is famous right now, most for the 1619 project. So that's just in case you're ironic wondering that she would make that post. It's kind of weird. Don't huh. you think since is she having some sort of you know, epiphany, the history right of now, America or? begins with slaves coming over. And then she's talking about the richest man in the world in history, being a black man. It turns out that he also was like one of the biggest mass enslavers in all world history gloss over that part not mm-hmm. a big deal you know interesting <clears throat> so does that mean america actually started in 1324 
You know? We should write a book. All right, number three. You can't have a... 1324 Project. Can you have a dumb bleep without Nina Turner? No. The answer is yes, but it wouldn't be as good as this one, because this one has Nina Turner. All right. What's she got, Chuck? Uh, She tweets, or X's, whatever you say now. Well, can we just agree to call it something? I still say tweet. Can we just say tweet? Uh, Listen to this insight. Rest is a human right. Vacations are a human right. Amen. Retirement is a human right. Now, do you remember two idiots with microphones ever talking about the fact <laughs> that once you start declaring these things are right, you, everything's going to become a right? Everything's a right. I don't know if you remember that, but no, I don't. I'm pretty sure years ago, probably I, was I heard years. these two dumb idiots with <laughs> microphones say something like that. As people, we are not meant to work all day, every day until we die. It's inhumane and unnatural. Um, okay we could probably spend the rest of the episode tearing this apart this stuff i don't know i like, i think she's asked chat gpt to say dumb things for her and then she mm. puts it into a twitter tweet a tweeter like her tweeter says here in the live group fudge rounds are a human right <laughs> we'll just keep going down the line why stop there you know so let's say so rest is he this is all by the way before she ever put food now, what's really, that's true. Now, what's really important here is she, first off, she's still talking about the UAW strike. Mm. That's what she's talking. She's talking about striking union workers because that's what most of these people are talking about when they're making their tweets right now. But the important part is that she even said unnatural at the end of this tweet. And it is completely natural for a human being to have to work until every day until they die. That's actually like the most natural thing for a human being. What's unnatural is ever getting to rest or take a vacation or retire. Exactly. That's unnatural. (laughs) Yes. Inhumane. Those things are all inhumane technically because they're not normal human traits. They're not things that we have unless we work for them. We have to earn those things. And we've built a society in such that it's become this easy Mm -hmm. to live and be out of shape and retire and all of these things that we have. Cause you just go back a couple hundred years. I mean, everyone was working all day, every day just to put a couple kernels of corn mm-hmm. on the table at night. I know for your, for your children who are likely going to die before they even turn six. That's so, true. You used to live that life. Yeah. You know, two kernels of corn. <laughs> yeah. That's it. We split it between the eight uh-huh. of us. <laughs> <laughs> just make stuff up <laughs> and your dad would take a bite yeah out of it spit it into a bowl <laughs> and then divvy it out exactly you know exactly and if you were lucky he would spit it spit one in your mouth like an extra one <laughs> like they do at the uh hibachi in fact that's where they came up with that <laughs> listen i'm not saying it's it's not desirable for people to be able to take vacations i've taken six this year okay so i've taken vacations to rest i'm gonna go rest after this or to retire. I'm not retiring yet, okay? But you have to earn it or you're going to force someone else to pay for those things for you. And you know what mm. they can't do during that time? They can't vacation or rest or or retire because you're forcing them to subsidize the things that you apparently have as a human right. Well, she's black, so she probably <laughs> can institute nice slavery. Okay. Yeah. I got you. So... 
All right, everyone. I see where this is all tied <clears throat> together. Mm-hmm. Whole thing tied together. You know, it is also definitely not tied together is this next story right here. Charlie, go ahead. All right. New California law raises minimum wage for fast food workers to $20 per hour among nation's highest. So we get a $20 an hour minimum wage. 20. That's when mm-hmm. Nina Turner switched to fighting for 25 now. I remember we read this article like six months ago. About this. And I went off and yeah. just said, I hope they close. <laughs> that's every right. That's right. Keen business in California. <laughs> close them all. Yep. And then go get your $20 an hour. But I hope they all shut down. I've had that feeling a lot lately. Some people might not like this because I know we got some union workers that listen. And, you know, we talked about trucking the other day and we got we got truckers that listen, especially being on the radio, by the way, in like a hundred and forty different radio stations around the country, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, we should introduce ourselves as the syndicated Charlie Thompson <laughs> and Just the syndicated me. Nathaniel Paul okay, Thurston. Yeah. 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 But anyway, it's too late to do that for this show. We'll do it next time around. Um, I've had that feeling a lot lately where, like you, I just hope all the restaurants close. I hope they all leave. You know what I hope happens with the car, with the uh, with the manufacturers like GM and Ford and all that? I hope they close all of the factories and move them to a, to a country where it's cheaper to do business. I sincerely hope that happens. Mm-hmm. I hope every one of the striking workers loses their job. And then what? Then what are you going to do? Then they will go get a job that pays them their market worth, their actual wage that they will be able to earn by asking a boss to pay them that or not get their services. They mm-hmm. will actually get their market-based wage yeah. at that time. I and just don't understand <laughs> where we, this this whole entitlement, like these companies owe us this certain thing. And look, I mm-hmm. want people to make as much money as you possibly can. I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for making as much money as you possibly can and increasing your own human capital value enough to you can demand whatever wage that you want and somebody would be forced to pay it for to, because you have the set of skills mm. that they need. Mm-hmm. They need it to run the company. Let's uh, let's, I guess, talk about that new law in California will raise them in wage to 20 bucks an hour. Uh, when it takes effect April 1st, fast food workers in California will have the highest guaranteed base salary in the industry. The state's minimum wage for all other workers is fifteen fifty per hour. It's already among the highest in the United States, and fifteen fifty is already not enough money. This is what happens. You will may, working at a fast food restaurant, you will always be strapped for cash unless you are living very, very frugally. Unless you're living at your means or below your means. And it's tough to do when you're not, when you're making 15 bucks an hour or whatever, but that's what you're going to have to do. You are, you are working one of the, I'm sorry, I don't, if you'll excuse me, if you'll pardon me, you are working one of the lowest skilled jobs because anyone can come in and replace you. When you work somewhere, we're not any. You know what Charlie does? And by the, the way, there ain't no shame in it. With the su- no, I started. No, no. I started at McDonald's. Absolutely not. My first real job. There should be no shame in any of these jobs. You are providing a service to people. People have to eat. When I go through a restaurant, I'm going there because I'd rather do that than go sit down or go home and cook or do whatever. That's what or I want at that time. Go I don't want to hunt. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, and you're providing that service to me, but that doesn't mean that you can. Demand twenty bucks an hour, of course, unless you're using a union to uh, to do that. Uh, but it doesn't mean you can demand that because anyone can come in and replace you. What Charlie does with the software and the coding and the stuff like that, I can't. I immediately 
Me personally cannot come in and replace Charlie what he does. If Charlie was working at McDonald's, I could immediately come in and replace Charlie doing what he does only six inches shorter than he is. The best compliment you've ever given me. There you go. On the radio. (laughs) Just a statement of fact. (laughs) Dan could. Dan, yeah, Dan Dan could come in and replace me. Um, we don't have to go through all the story. You guys get the, uh, you guys get the idea. So, uh, California's fast food workers earn an average of 1660 per hour or just over $34,000 per year, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, that's below the California poverty me- measure for a family of four. A statistic calculated. I'm about to, I'm not, we don't have time to do it today, but I got, I'm going to have to blow my top on the whole family of four thing again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they find this narrow, the, this little narrow definition they want to use, family of four. Okay, well, what if we raise the wage to where family of four is not in poverty? All right, well, what about this person's got a family of five? Okay, well, that, that's below poverty for mm-hmm. them. That means you got to raise the wage. Well, this person's got nine kids over here. Well, they need to be getting paid 30 bucks an hour to do this job. You should pay people based on the amount of bad decisions they've made in their life. Yeah. That's how you should do it. Or, or how good bad decisions. they need the Some job. People, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or their need. Not the people with a bunch of kids is always a bad decision i'm talking about the people who in that case it is true you know which is most of them like they keep having kids yeah even though they they can't afford when they can't afford them yeah exactly and i gotta tell let me tell a quick personal story and i'm not trying to like toot my mm -hmm. own horn here i'm just trying to drive the point home okay this just happened recently by the way i got a call from someone uh so my company contracts with other companies to do uh, software development work in a very particular niche. Okay. It's a very particular set of skills. Just and, like Liam Neeson. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm pretty busy, so I can't join all the calls, but this particular client through this other company, it keeps requesting for me to be on the calls. And I just told him like, Hey, I can't make it to every single one of them. Cause I have other calls that I have to be on. Um, and he was like, well, you're like one of the highest paid companies that in fact, you are the highest paid company that we contract with. And I didn't even respond to that because I'm just like, well, there's a reason why we are mm-hmm. because, because, and then he followed that up with, by saying, you know, you have the skills we need and the client keeps requesting you. And I'm like, well, that's, that's why you pay me that much. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only reason. That's okay? why you could ask for more and get it. Right. <laughs> and, and if they could replace me, they would, but they can't. Right now, till Dan shows up, <laughs> and then I'll be out. Okay, but I'm just telling you. I'm not again. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn there. I'm just saying if you can, if you increase your skills enough to a place, you are able to demand. You're able to demand an increase in wage, and people will pay it because they need it. So be you have to be you have to be needed Side- because labor is a commodity. Sidebar: Have you ever considered how weird? The saying toot your own horn is like, who else's horn are you supposed to toot? I don't know. I, we both played growing up, growing up, uh, playing trumpet. I growed up playing I grew trumpet. Up, we yeah. grew up, we grew up. Yeah. We both grew up yeah. playing trumpet. And we had your mom as an English teacher. Up on the side. <laughs> and she was great, gall darn it. Let me tell you what. So I ain't going to lie. Good. We weren't allowed to say ain't. We, we ain't, weren't. Ain't wasn't a word. We weren't, which I thought was stupid. You know, <laughs> another word that we couldn't say. Yeah, we couldn't say that, that either. Um, Anyway, we we both played trumpet, and I never tooted your horn. That would have been weird. You tooted your own, and I tooted mine too. It's weird for you to say that, even. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. How many how many people out there are tooting other people's horns now? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of horn. 
Horn tooting SOBs out there. Horn tooting going on. <laughs> okay, don't believe that was number four, by the way. Uh, the $20 good. an hour minimum wage. Coming up, we got four more dumb bleeps to go through, and they are some doozies. Which one's going to win? That depends on what the live group decides. So you want to make sure you're there for that. And also join the live group by going to joingml.com. Joingml.com. It's only six bucks a month, okay? And you can hang out with us. You can send in submissions for the show. We can even vote on your submission on a show like today's Dumb Bleep of the Week. GML, by the way, stands for Good Morning Liberty. That's our podcast that Charlie and I do every single day of the week. But on Tuesday nights, we are known as Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. Dumb Bleep of the Week here on Liberty Night Free Talk Live Network. Coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. Number five. Now, this is a... What just happened? I'm not sure. This is number five. Now, I will tell you, first off, I don't disagree with them doing this because I'm excited to see it crash and burn, and I want to see how terrible it goes. Mm. But some of the reasoning behind it is why this is going to be Dumb Bleep of the Week number five. A Democratic mayor of Chicago proposes government-owned grocery store for, quote, racial justice. This from the Daily Wire thinks Ben. Hmm. Uh, Chicago's Democratic mayor has announced a partnership with a far-left nonprofit to advance his proposal of a government-owned grocery store, which he argues is needed for the sake of racial justice. Mayor Brandon Johnson said in a press release this month that the city-owned grocery store which will be the largest of its kind in the U.S., is needed to address the exit of corporate grocery stores and promote food equity. He said, quote, food access and... Why is the F in... He I said, guess maybe it was... He said ood? It was lowercase. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was lowercase to begin mm-hmm. with, and mm-hmm. now they uppercase it. I guess you have to mark that. Food access and security link directly to environmental and racial justice. Johnson's office said in the press release, adding that 37% of black residents and 29% of Latinx residents are food insecure. That's a new one, though. It says Latinx. Mm. If you just take the slash out, you would just still be saying Latinx, actually. have to ask Costco and Daisy about that. Residents, I've been been learning Spanish on Duolingo, by the way, not once has it put an X at the end of any of the words yet. Because the whole language is write, either male or female. I'm going to write a letter to the manager yeah. of Span- Spanish, just so they know. Mm. Uh, 37% of black residents and 29% of Latinx residents are food insecure, compared to 19% of residents overall. What the heck does food insecure mean anyway? Can we define this term, I, please? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand what this means. Are you food insecure? Like you? I don't know. You don't have the ability like to get seconds. I don't know. I know. I don't understand. The mayor's office argued that a historic disinvestment has led to inequitable access to food retail across Chicago and noted that existing inequities have been exacerbated as at least six grocery stores closed on south and west sides over the past two years. So grocery stores are closing because of all of the theft and the crime. Well, well theft is also a crime mm. with other crimes aside from theft. 
Crime. I could just say crime. Okay, that's why they've been closing. They're, like I, not, they're already. It's already yeah. against. Yeah, against it's the law. Dangerous, insubordinate, unprofitable, and churlish to run a grocery store mm-hmm. in these areas. All right, and so they're leaving. And this is another thing I forgot to mention it earlier. Good. Get out. I love to see it, man. Mm. I love to see it. Every time I see a story about a store closing in one of these areas, I feel a little bit of happiness inside. I really do. And I know that that's terrible. I know it is. What do you think happened to all these places? Like, we grew up not far from what was supposed to be the biggest city in the United States, Cairo, (laughs) Mm -hmm, Illinois. mm -hmm. It's where two rivers meet and there's a... they're all focused together, whatever. Back in the day, they had all these beautiful mansions there. And you you could probably buy a mansion right now for about 50 grand mm-hmm. in Cairo. So if you guys want to live in a mansion. That'd be like yeah. a higher end mansion up there. But what happened to Cairo? Well, crime. Mm. Crime happened. And all the businesses were like, nope, not going to be here. Out of here. Yep. Another bad thing for Cairo is that it borders Kentucky and Missouri two places that are much better for doing business than Illinois is. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a business, why would you locate in Cairo when two miles that way is a state that's way more friendly to people who want to do business? You just go over there. That's what you would do. Yep. And that is what people did. So um, good. Do it. I actually want to see how terrible this goes. By the way, they have to talk about racial justice and food equity because they know that this grocery store is not going to make money. It's going to be a heavily subsidized grocery store, and the taxpayers are going to have to foot the bill for it. And therefore, they have to say, well, it's racist if we don't have this. This is to help underserved communities and inequities that have been exacerbated by these evil corporations. Mm. And that's mm. why they have to word it all this way, because they know it's going to be a big money hole, because people are just going to go in there and steal crap all the time. And all the while... <laughs> Obesity, obesity is at an all-time high in America. <laughs> yeah, just help explain this to me. I mean, I'm not saying that people in America don't miss a meal or are hungry sometimes. Okay, but if you want to know what hunger actually looks like, you can go to Djibouti. Yeah, true, true thing. Although I wasn't, I wasn't look, hungry. I mean, look at me. You're right, Costco. Look at me. Mm-hmm. All right, not not hungry. Yeah. Well, you might be hungry right now. I don't know. I'm kind of hungry right now. I'm um, no. By the way, in Djibouti, when you when you when you picture obesity, you look at Charlie. Me. Look yeah. at me. <laughs> I am the American version of obesity. Of actually, n- of not food at all. Security. When you look at no, <laughs> not not at all. Um, anyway, what I was trying to say is in Djibouti, I didn't have to. I wasn't hungry because we were eating the government buildings that whole time, and they have plenty of food. Just spreads, man. All the shrimp you can eat, mm. you know. I looked out there. I said, "I bet there's shrimp all in these waters." Mm-hmm. And it turns out there was. Well, they weren't in the water plenty. anymore. No, they were, they were on your plate. plate. You know, we had plenty yeah. of food. Okay, shrimp gumbo. You know what else is racist? Chicken fried shrimp. Chicken fried shrimp. Mm. Chicken fried shrimp. I bet metal detectors. Metal detectors are racist, and there's an important question here, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Can you ask it? I don't know. Ask this question. Mm. Will weapon detectors at Salt Lake High schools disproportionately affect students of color? That's an important thing. That's definitely not a racist question to ask, by the way. Mm -mm. But if you're looking for weapons on people, they're just saying, okay, we're worried that a lot of black people are going to get in trouble. (laughs) Profiling. (laughs) 
Okay, profiling. it could be it. Could be it. Salt Lake City High Schools will begin staffing weapon detectors after fall break, but some parents and few Salt Lake City school board members worry the technology might have an outsized impact on students of color. Is that because students of colors are carrying weapons? <laughs> That's, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if what there's color a disproportionate, the student is. If there's a disproportionate outcome, that means it's racist. The Salt Lake City School Board recently approved the use of state funds for a one-year contract with security firm Pal American to staff machines at East West and Highland High Schools, as well as uh, these other places. The costly and controversial measure is still uncommon in the majority of the country's high schools, even as school shootings continue to impact tens of thousands of U.S. students. A number of school safety experts warn that security measures like metal detectors are not a safety guarantee and instead can be detrimental to students, especially those from communities of color. Mm. We have to protect the kids. <clears throat> yeah. But not like that. Uh, some of the reasoning, by the way, the only reason that the student would be stopped is if the machine beeps. That's independent of what the student looks like, who they are. That's what the person's trying to say to. Well, I'm just saying this is what happens at Prez games to Bridgestone Arena mm. when we go in yeah. watch all these concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just people of color. They're well. They have out. A, they have a bus out there that they just they are for arresting all the black people as they're going into the concerts before they even you make know? it to the military because they know the metal detector is going to go off. Yeah, they just yeah. voluntarily walk up on there, so it's not slavery because it's so big. Yeah, metal detectors go off. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> what up, my drag people? <laughs> okay, we'll so we'll skip over the rest of this article here. Listen, I think metal detectors in schools are a pretty good idea. It's not going to stop your typical your your typical mass shooting where someone a lot of times like these big ones, it's not even someone who who went there or maybe they used to go there or whatever it is, someone comes in with a with a couple AR15s, they might make it past the people at the metal detectors, okay? But we have seen stories of these actually there was a shooting uh, where someone was trying to bring in a gun and I believe it was in, I'm going to butcher it, maybe Colorado, uh, where someone was trying to bring in a gun, got into an altercation with the person that was staffing the metal detector as they were trying to bring in a gun. That person did get shot, but it prevented the person from bringing the gun into the school and shooting a bunch of other people. And so that's still so better. Yeah. Not, for, you know, not for that person mm-hmm. that was working there, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully they're okay. I'm yep. not sure. Okay, let's move on to dumb bleep number seven. Now, the reason this is dumb, there is a clip here of Ron DeSantis, Meatball Ron, Rob DeSantimonious. Is that his name? That that's been one that they've called him. Meatball and Ron. He calls him Rob sometimes, which I think is hilarious. Like, to just <laughs> give him a different name. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. It's, it's, it's pretty funny sometimes, I will say. Uh, here's the clip of Ron talking about the deficit under Trump. Is there another debate? Uh, yeah, Wednesday night, I think, or hmm. Tuesday night. Okay. Or Wednesday night. Yeah. I missed it. Me too. Yeah. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have now. All right. So he's, he's right about that. He is right about that. So I'm not saying that meatball ron is the dumb bleep okay he is right trump should debate although politically speaking i, I guess he shouldn't like if you're running this campaign you're like no don't go do that you know it's only going to be a negative I want for, it you. for entertainment though. <clears throat> yeah yeah that's yeah, that's like, what i mean by I'm, should i'm sad 
that he's not up there making fun of people. And that would be funny. They did add a bunch of money to the national debt. Because imagine how he would come in. Oh, yeah. To Ron DeSantis saying this. That'd be pretty funny. Um, Joe Biden, though, retweets this video and says, couldn't agree more. Hmm. And so you know who's really worried about adding a bunch of money to the national debt. Joe Biden. Is Joe Biden. He's very Hmm. concerned about all the money that was added under Trump to the national debt. But I did do some digging earlier and I made my own chart because I I went through all the numbers. Couldn't find a specific chart to make the specific point I wanted to make right now. In the first three years of office, because Joe Biden has done three years of office, now, of course, big asterisks right there next to it. That doesn't include the COVID year. And so clearly we know that that's where a big bulk of the the massive deficit adding to the debt came from. Uh, The first three years of office in Trump's first three years, uh, you can see on the graph here in orange. And with uh, Biden's first three, you can see in some kind of green color. I probably should have changed the colors of the thing. But you've got around, say... Not orange. Trump is orange and this is not orange. You've got around $2.5 trillion uh, from Trump in his first three years that was added to the debt with deficits piling up each year. And you've got close to $6 trillion that was added from Biden in his first three years that he was in office. So, and if Biden runs the same deficit again next year, which it probably will just be worse, more than likely, then he'll end up with more added to the debt in his first term, mm. only term. Maybe he was just you know, agreeing that Trump should Trump. have been there. Oh, okay. He's yeah. r- that's right. Maybe he's they not, should have debated. Yeah, he's not worried about the money. You're right. I missed yeah. that part. Yeah. He's not actually worried about the money. Yeah. Okay. He's just upset that he, he he's not getting it anymore. <laughs> gotcha. Why did I hit escape right there? I don't. That's not what I need to do. I don't know. Okay. Let's watch a video. New Prague. Is this number eight? Yeah, this okay. is number eight. New Prague. This is a school district in, I'm going to say Minnesota. I think it's Minnesota. Pretty sure. There's a staff training video. And yes, it does depict white people technically as mosquitoes. It's talking about microaggressions, Charlie. Microaggressions. Do you remember what those are? Mm-hmm. For people who still don't think that microaggressions are a problem. Oh, you're so well-spoken. Oh. Just imagine, instead of being a stupid comment, a microaggression is a mosquito bite. Ugh, it's a compliment. <laughs> mosquito bites and their itch are one of nature's most annoying features. But if you're only bitten every once in a while... No, where are you really I, from? I have to first off say this, the first one. Now, they're they're basically showing people asking a bunch of dumb questions. Like, they're they're dumb questions that you, mm. don't, that you don't ask people. What's wrong with telling okay. someone that you're well-spoken? Well, if, you, if a white person says it to a black person, that means that typically black people aren't well-spoken. I know a lot of people you know, who aren't well-spoken, and they look... What's, they're all kinds of colors. What's funny is... Uh, one of the best examples of this is when Joe Biden described Barack Obama as clean, articulate, and bright. Mm. You know? Yeah. I believe those are the words he used. And he's just, just as uh, bright and... <laughs> just as talented as... Yeah. Talented as, 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 as Biden's Brit- kids. Yeah, as Biden's... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cleveland? Sure, it's annoying, but it's not that big a deal. The problem is that some people get bitten by mosquitoes a lot more than other people. I mean, a lot more. 
whether it's on a date. Oh, your English is so good. Excuse me? Going grocery shopping. You know, everything happens oh, for a reason. Oh, your English is so good. <laughs> Commuting to work. So when are you going to have a baby? Watching TV. We have to keep the Redskins name. It's part of our culture and history. One Going grocery bad, shopping. One of the bad things <laughs> here is... The, what, go, go. the Redskins. <laughs> yeah. the, did you know that they're actually suing the Washington football team right now? Who is? The 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 chief. Because I they were getting paid for that logo, I'm pretty sure. The chief, like the person who represented... Yeah. What, everyone who that looked tribe. like that or what? Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I saw need, this. I need to I'll see look that. It up. I need to see it. Uh, here's one that I thought was just really dumb. Someone said there's a guy in a wheelchair. A guy in a wheelchair, and this person who is a mosquito says, everything happens for a reason. So you see a guy in a wheelchair, and you want to say something like, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's a microaggression that makes you like a mosquito biting someone. Now, I, I happen to think that that's not one of the terrible things to say to someone in the video. Is it a true story? It is true. true. Is it really? Four days ago. North Dakota Native Americans sue Washington commanders after call for Redskins nickname return. <laughs> All right, I'll have to look at that story you can't sometime. Make this stuff up, That's man. Great. I'm telling you. It's so good. Stopping. You know, everything happens for a reason. I'm just buying apples. Commuting to work. So when are you going to have a baby? Watching TV. We have to keep the Redskins name. It's part of our culture and history. Or just walking down the street with your partner. I couldn't even tell you were gay. <sighs> Mosquitoes seem to pop up everywhere. You know, John, you me shopping so advice. I love share too. And getting bit by mosquitoes every day. Can I touch your oh, yeah, hair multiple times a day? So pretty. Can I touch your hair? Can I It's annoying. That makes you want to go ballistic on those mosquitoes, which seems like a huge overreaction to people who only get bit every once in a while. It's just a mosquito bite. Who cares? Just another angry black one. Of course, beyond just being annoying, some mosquitoes carry truly threatening diseases that can mess up your life for years. Astrophysics? Hmm, maybe you should try this challenging major. Ow, what a dream. Now, one of the microaggressions there was telling a kid, like, not to go for astrophysics, okay? Because you go for something less challenging. What I want to see is someone come up, the mosquito bites and says, hey, you're black, you're never going to make it anywhere in life unless you live off the backs of other people. <laughs> How about that one? Yeah. Is that one in the video? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not going to be in there, is it? And other mosquitoes carry strains that can even kill you. He looked like he was up to trouble, okay? I felt threatened. So next time you think someone's overreacting, just remember, some people experience mosquito bites all the time. You're all so exotic, wow. And by mosquito bites, we mean microaggressions. I just, can I complain about hating complaining? (laughs) That's actually where I was going to go with it, so yeah. I'm just so tired of it. Yeah. I'm just so like, I, I'm always reminded that we just live in such a wonderful society. Like it's just the miracle that surrounds us that videos like this can exist. Mm. You know, that, that somebody has time to put something as stupid as this together yeah, and then put it on the mm. internet. Like that's how good life is right now. When it comes to microaggressions, like you said, first off gratitude for where we are in life. Second, get the F over it. Right. Someone asks you a question that you didn't like. You think you're the only person that's ever been asked a question that they didn't like before? No. Well, how There's many times just... have you been bitten though, Nate? Come on. <laughs> I get bitten by mosquitoes all the time, man. Mm. Okay. I agree, Magoo. This video is worse than a mosquito bite. In fact, I've just aggressed on all of you by playing it. But This no. might be a worse video than, than the vaccination Barbie you know, video. You know how you can defend a mosquito bite? Charlie, 
you develop tougher skin. Oh, that was good. That's pretty good. About huh? that all day. No, huh? no, I ju- that just came up oh, right then, just now. Yeah. Wow, that was quick. But no, seriously, yeah. get over it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things they show were I mean, they were dumb questions. Listen, we all know not to ask a woman how far along she is. Okay. <laughs> Everyone knows not to or, do that, but that was one pregnant. of them. Yeah, yeah, or she's pregnant. Yeah. Exactly. Or if she plans on having kids. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't, I just don't understand, you know, why people like you, you take things so personally. I, I just don't get it. Why is it so bad? I mean, I guess I understand. Why is it so bad to ask a woman who's capable of having kids? <laughs> like, hey, do you plan on having kids? I get when people are like, why don't you have kids yet? or whatever and you're like well i don't want kids what's what's so wrong with that okay get your dumb votes in for the dumb bleeps right now while charlie's getting his answers from the live group yep i'm waiting we'll go back over what those were number one was the uh canada accidentally honoring a an actual nazi because like well as a dad i've been asked if i want more kids by a lot of people no i never take offense to it some days i'm like I think so. Other days I'm like, oh, I'm happy with one. No. Other days I'm like, maybe. Depends. Any, I don't. I don't anytime I don't I'm, anytime I'm out with people, and you know, people come up to you that ask you to take a picture. I swear, everyone looks at me and they're like, that guy looks like he could take a picture of us right now. Everyone, and I think it's a microaggression because of my Japanese heritage. You know, that's exactly mm. what they see when they look at me. He's like, oh, that guy. Yep. He takes a lot of photos. Mm. Okay. Um, I, Ida B. Oh, I forgot. So she far has a from the name. live group, um, they're saying there's nothing really wrong with it in their opinion. Okay, yeah. it can be embarrassing if you ask someone like how far along she is, and it turns out, yeah, she's she not. just well, <laughs> turns out that she's just you know it's not a baby. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I agree that you should that's ask better questions. Yes. You know, <laughs> it definitely should be better questions asked. Although, uh, it's a, here's a comment from a woman that says women gonna women. Everything is personal. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm you reading. You read what someone else said. I'm reading. I'm reading what a self proclaimed woman identifies as a woman as identifies as a woman mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And who has kids and just said women gonna women. Put that on a shirt and repeal the 19th. Yeah. She also said that too. Uh, the second one had to do with the uh, Atlantic versus African slave trade uh, from Nicole Hannah-Jones. Number three was Nina Turner saying rest, vacations, and retirement are human rights, of course, which would have to be provided to you by other humans, uh, but we won't get into that. Number four is the California 20 bucks per hour minimum wage for fast food workers. Number five is the government-ran grocery store. In Chicago, I want to see the numbers, folks. I hope this goes through and I will volunteer my Illinois family's money to pay for it because I need the numbers. They'll lose the numbers. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Chicago people would have to pay for it. But at the end of the day, you know, people in Illinois have to Mm -hmm. help, you know, Um, number five. Yeah, that was the grocery stores. Number six. uh, Weapon detectors, metal detectors could disproportionately affect students of color. Not racist to say something like that. Mm -hmm by the way, but could disproportionately affect people. Um, number seven was Joe Biden agreeing with, with Trump needing to explain adding $7.8 trillion to the debt. He's added almost $6 trillion. Uh, the next one was New Prague School 
and the mosquito white people microaggressions. Get your votes in. A lot of dumb this week. That's There's some dumb, vote. some real dumb stuff. And of course, honorary dumb was Diane Feinstein, although she won't be here to accept the award, but we will accept it on her behalf. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just an honorary one. So let's get the votes in. All right. Get your votes in while you're doing that. Please share the show with a friend, family member, and everyone else. Just share it around. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify, please. That's just a free way to support us. And you said please. Share the show and then leave us a rating and review. That's It's as easy as that. That's so and fast. And if you want to spend some inflation dollars, we'll accept them. Mm-hmm. You know, Just go to joingmail.com. If you want to hear all of our pre-show stories, you got to go to joingmail.com or godhatesfeds.com. Either one. Uh, there's a link on God Hates Feds, and you can also pick up a shirt a here. T-shirt. I, I just happen to have this one. I like it. If you're I watching, like if you're watching the video, you'll see Nate semi model a shirt. There we which go. You can get I like the logo here on the sleeve. That's nice. There's other stuff okay. available. GodHatesFeds.com. <clears throat> go do all that so Nate can eat. You're food insecure right now. I am until more people sign up. Exactly. So. Cure Nate's food insecurity. I only eat when I see a t-shirt order come through. Mm-hmm. It's the only time. Yep. So uh, let's let's get Nate some food. Okay, the winner is that last video right there from New Prague School Staff Training. White people as mosquitoes is mm. what I called it in the group. But the whole concept of microaggressions gets to be number eight, and that gets to be the dumbest bleep of the week. Amen. Great All job, right, everyone. Great job. Join us next week when we talk about something stupid Joe Biden said, a terrible economics idea from Nina Turner, and we destroy socialism all at the same time. It'll be a great time on Liberty Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. We will see you then. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.